No portion of this program will be reproduced. Hey, hey now. What a I thought everybody knew. Yeah. You know, I told us. That is the best talent. You're listening well, to Sports here. Radio 560 WQAM. Just like that uh, audio song. I, I told managers, Jack. Yeah, Zach. Jack, Zach. So. No more food for you, Fatso. He said he made an executive decision. He made an executive decision that I would be doing the show. Yeah, I'm not getting an executive decision to sell these guys. Four feet up your ass. Or pound 560 on your AT&T and Verizon wireless phones. The opinions expressed by him, his guests, or his callers do not represent those of WQAM. Okay, it's time for me to hit the road. See ya. Now, the Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM. I'm a fat Jew. It's 3 a.m. Hillary's fast asleep and I'm wide awake. But the phone finally stopped ringing. Probably Carvel calling. Now you listen to me. This woman here's had experience sleeping in the same bed as me. And I was there most of the time, so nothing qualifies her more to be president. Anyone who doubts she has the experience to leave, just take a look at here at the size of that number. <laughs> Let me just turn her over here. Pull her jammy bottoms down here so you can get a better look. <laughs> Don't worry. Ain't nothing gonna wake up the old cow. <laughs> there. Now, you see a fat ass. I'll see a canvas. That's why I keep a set of finger paints nearby. She hates it when I do this, but I can't resist finger painting her ass. Now, I'm going to paint a smiley face on this chick here. Uh-oh, look at here what happens when you mix red and blue together. You get brown. Hooey, going to spread that all over. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't she going to be surprised? Oh, you're awake. Well, go on back to sleep. I want to finish finger painting your fat ass. Wreck them. 1002 at 560 WQM. I'm George Rodriguez. Neil is on the road. I mean, what was that all about? Talk about living in a vacuum. I, I thought everybody knew. I, t- I told everybody before I left here yesterday. You I guess, tell, you know, Zach was what? That you'd be back on today. Yeah. That I got, I turned around and came back. I got as far as Niagara Falls. And sure. I said to myself, I don't think uh, this is going to work. Yeah. I mean, I can come down there, but it'll be on a big old plane, you know. I don't fly one of those airlines that keeps canceling all the flights like <laughs> American, like uh, that. I was going to say, which one? Yeah. Give me more specific. So anyway, I'll, uh, I, see, I don't know what you told uh, the audience yesterday, what you told anybody else, because you've got a big mouth. Right. But we'll get into I, that. After I read your excellent pull, George finally you. got a great pull, although it wasn't yours. Somebody, somebody uh, faxed it in, of course, yeah. Sean, I think so. And Charlie B., thank you, Charlie. He's back in my good graces because he sent a bunch of polls, and the one is really pretty good mm-hmm. that I put up there for tomorrow. But we'll get to that eventually. Oh, there he goes with the polls again with the numbers. We don't care. Oh, speaking of that, oh, and we got a dead lady. Hank Aaron's mama's dead. Oh, gee. Aren't you upset? I didn't even know she was sick. Well, she's a beyond. she won't be sick again. Now, how old was she? Uh, why doesn't it say how old she was? Her, oh, I see. Her age or cause of death wasn't immediately released because Hank Aaron's got to be pretty old right now. Anyway, he's got to be pushing, what, 60 at least, 65? She must have been an old lady. Old enough so when, you know, you croak. I mean, if you die when you're like 27 or something or 35, then, oh, my God, they were so young. But if you die when you're like 87 or 97, well, that's old enough. Right? Like my right. mom. 91 was old enough. 
A new poll, before we get to your poll, suggests Barack Obama is gaining ground in Pennsylvania. Oh! Two weeks before the Keystone State primary, the Quinnipiac University poll shows Swillery still out in front among Democratic voters. 53% favoring her, 44% said Obama. So it's, uh, what did I say? No, I said that wrong. 50 to 44, she's got a six-point lead. Clinton's margin in the survey has been shrinking over the past few weeks. It's shrinking, baby. You ever see it shrink? All the time. In mid-March, he had a lead of 12 points. Last week, that had dropped to nine, and now it's six. It's dropping like a boulder, like a bowling ball from the top of the Empire State Building. The poll suggests Obama remains more popular among Pennsylvania's black voters, 75 to 17. Clinton does better among whites, 56 to 38. Not that it's a racial thing, you understand. As in past surveys, Clinton leads among older voters, and Obama leads among younger ones. Old farts like Swillery. Well, we like Swillery. So that's the new deal. He's only six behind, and we still got, what's the day today? The ninth? We got uh, 13 days. Two weeks from yesterday is the Pennsylvania primary. As the screwed-up system continues dragging on and on and on. Okay, here's the poll from yesterday. Which actor has been most typecast by a character he or she portrayed? Excellent poll question. You've got 800 and some odd vote. What do yep. we got now, Chris? I have... Uh, 837. Yeah. 830, 830 what? 837. Wow. Get to that thousand easy. Then we can change the poll and put on that other really good one, the Charlie B poll. I don't know how we survived those two months with Charlie B in Europe while he was screwing around. I wonder who he was screwing around with. Not really. I really don't care. James Gandolfini, Tony Soprano, 103. That's all he'll ever be. Bob Denver, Gilligan, 92. That's all it ever is. he dead? Yeah. Bob Denver? Mm-hmm, no. I don't think so. Bob Denver's not dead? What a shame. Too bad about Hank what Aaron's do to you? Bob. What? What do he ever do to you? I don't like him. I didn't like that show. Uh, well, you like that show? No. Oh. I mean, it's no September 2nd, 2005. Dead. Right? C. Told you. All right, then. What do you know, Mr. Hotshot? Not a lot. You, you don't even know that I'm back on today. Who? William Shatner, Captain Kirk, 88. No, I don't know, but I can't agree with that because otherwise he wouldn't be doing all these uh, he TV spots. Does, but I'm sorry. No, I, know, I, I see, see him on the spots. He's very—he's funny. He's yeah, a funny guy. He is, I don't he is a funny guy. To be Captain Jerk. Nevertheless, but anyway, whatever you say. Adam West is Batman. Oh yeah, fifty-four. Tony Perkins is Norman Bates, thirty-six. Tony Perkins, who was very gay and now very dead. Henry Winkler, Fonzie, thirty-five. Boy, she's something else. Sean Connery, James Bond, 35. Jim Neighbors, Gomer Pyle, speaking of she ladies, 34. Don Knotts, Barney, 531. See, that's only for the people who uh, aren't old enough to remember Don Knotts on the Steve Allen show on Sunday nights 100 years ago. He was very funny. And so was Louis Nye and Tom Poston and all of those guys. And now Tom Poston, what show is he on or was he on for a long time? The Bob Newhart show? Well, he was on that, but more recently. But at any rate... Max Bear Jr., Jethro Bodine, 31. That Bo must be one of those shows you like. Bodine. Like, uh, it was a funny show, so you wouldn't have watched it. What show? Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah, like I said. It was a very funny show. Every no, I, I wouldn't watch funny shows. I know. Carol O'Connor, Archie Bunker, 27. Cheech and Chong, as in Cheech and Chong, 26. Ed O'Neill, Al Bundy, 25. Now, if, if you like that show, oh. Oh, it started out funny, then it got old fast. Jaleel White, Urkel, 24. Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, uh, Skywalker 21. Poor little Mark. He got all smashed up in his Corvette, and they put his face back together again, and he still looked pretty good. He was kind of cutesy, Mark Hamill. Now he's probably 80 years old. Gary Coleman, Arnold, 19. Marlon Brando, Don Corleone, 19. We said yesterday, we don't buy that. I mean, sure, that's the first right. thing, and because no. we're so Godfather-intensive on this damn show, it's like no, uh, we're out So many movies. Right. 
Like, uh... You can act like a man! What's the matter with you? Like that. But he was in so many other movies, like On the Waterfront and 80 Million Other Ones. Last Tango in Paris. Gary Coleman Arnold, the Marlon Brando, Don Corleone, 19. Macaulay Culkin, Home Alone, 15. Fred Gwynn, Herman Munster, 15. Who looked just like John Kerry. Or was it the other way around? Barbara Eden, Jeannie, 14. Jimmy Walker, J.J. Evans, 12. Red Fox, Fred Sanford, 11. I thought they were like the same person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don Adams, Maxwell Smart, 11. Alan Alda, Hawkeye Pierce, 8. Sherman Humsley, George Jefferson, 8. We just were listening to the Jeffersons only moments ago. In fact, you know something? I bet you maybe there's another episode of it on right now. Let's see. A lot of times they put those on back to back. But with my luck, they're not. Oh, Maury Pupik is on the WPIX right now. Well, let's get that off of there right away. Um, Andy Griffin, Sheriff Andy Taylor, 8. Richard Thomas, John Boy from the Walton 7 with that awful um, thing he had. What do you call those? Not a wart, but what is that? Mole? A mole. Mole the size of a... There's some, there some states like Rhode Island that are smaller than the mole on John Boy's puss. John Cazal, Fredo 5. And yesterday we had Dog Day Afternoon on there. Attica! Attica! I love that scene. I, I don't love the movie. The movie is pretty... It's okay. Did you like that movie all that much? I liked it fine. Yeah, I mean, it was okay, but... David Duchovny, Fox Mulder, 4. Well, what is that? I, I never watched that show. He gives me the... It was a horrible I, show, yes. What was it? X-Files. No, the X-Files. Yeah, that's gone, I hope. Andy Griffin, Matlock, 3. Kim Fields, 2D from the Facts of Life, 3. What about 2D Fields? Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter. Oh, and I was forced to watch uh, with the Paco yesterday about an hour of a Harry Potter movie. I, really? I, I'm sorry about that. Although I will say this, um, since that one person insisted and sent you that picture of him now, almost naked, he's uh -huh. grotesque now. I mean, bony and hairy and gruesome. But he was uh, kind of, he didn't look too bad in this movie from a few years ago. All right. Didn't look great, but at least he looked human. Now he looks uh, subhuman. Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter 3. Faye Dunaway, Joan Crawford 2. And Tony Randall, Felix Unger 1. He's dead. Well, look at all the dead people on this. Andy Griffith, he must be dead, right? No. No, Andy Griffith isn't well, dead. I don't know. I'm probably going to get out of here. You too. said the same thing before about Bob Denver. He's dead yeah. on a doornail. You well, don't. You don't know your dead people, Mister. No, you better I start don't. selling your dead. I don't people. hang out with as many car carcasses as you. Well, Andy Griffith is still alive. All we're right. There? All right, we're one for one. Matlock. Oh my God. I never watched a minute of it. Now, Buddy Epson must be dead, isn't he? Oh, I sure I hope I think so. he died a year a while back. Oh, Barnaby Jones always gets his man. That was, uh, what was that guy's name? Ross, something Ross from Ross. Channel 7. Yeah, Ross Morton. Dave, not David Ross. Ross Morton. Spencer Ross. Ross Morton. Or Ross Morton. Ross, uh, Bill Ross. A tough name, Bill. Bill Ross from Channel 7. He was the booth announcer. He did all the voiceovers. Barnaby Jones always gets his man. Remember when Channel 7 had all those um, yeah. cannon and... All that stuff on there? That's before they became schlocks. Before they became the hyperventilating WSVN. So anyway, that's George's pool. Now, our... Uh, well, I don't, can't tell you yet. The one for tomorrow. All right. I, I almost, uh, you know, went past. But Join George this Friday at Gulfstream 10 to 2, and then Saturday 10 to 2 for the grand reopening of Comp USA at 1740 North Federal Highway in Fort Lauderdale. Come in for great savings on all your computer needs and win some cool QAM prizes. Comp USA is back this Saturday with George 10 to noon. Did I say 10 to 2? I'm sorry. Whatever. Oh, maybe if you say 10 to 2, they'll pay extra. So, George, okay. has got two things this weekend. So, when you see him at Gulfstream, borrow some money. Yeah. No? 
No, I don't. Or bring some money and bring plunge your guts out and maybe share the bags. Wind. Plunge your brains out. Oh, God. Welcome to another edition of what could be the final edition of the Gag Show. No, 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 people. Don't be fooled by the rumors. I ain't going anywhere. In a prove it, I'm yelling a little bit. Yeah! This here's your chocolate thunder from down under. Wrap your brain around a labyrinth of nothing but me babbling about the heat. The fantastical basketball team with yeah. a fabulous expense account. Think that's all I ever talk about? Well, I got news for you. I got your log right here, homie. I can talk about Blue or love other sports. Who to me? How about that, huh? How about that game last night, huh? How about that? I only want to talk about me ball. How about that? Because I have a dream expense account with the heat. How about that? I've been in radio long enough to know the audience doesn't expect anything more than the only thing I'm concerned with. How about that? So the rumors stop now. How about that? I ain't going nowhere. How about that? Now stand back. Stand back, you hear me? I'll bust the cap in your ass. How about that? You found me, I'll fire on you. How about that? I'll wait a little bit here. i got to reload the cord. 1018 at 560 WQM. If you like that, you'll hear lots more of that at uh, 2 this afternoon. The Jerk Show is still on on WQAM. <laughs> then we got Mad Dog at Augusta for the Masters at uh, 4 this afternoon until 655. And then 6.55, we got UNFAU Baseball. Oh, my God. Followed by the DA Show. Well, what I tell you about Hank Aaron, I, I was uh, underestimating. I was lowballing, if I can say that. Estella Aaron, the mother of baseball Hall of Famer Hank Aaron, has died. Susan Bailey, assistant of the former Brave Star, said Tuesday the funeral will be Saturday in Mobile, Alabama, where Mrs. Aaron lived most of her life. Funeral home officials in Mobile said she died Monday in Atlanta. Her age or cause of death not immediately available yesterday. But he's 74. I just Googled Hank. So she had to be 90-something. Right? At least. Well, that's old enough. Estella and Herbert Aaron had eight children, including Henry and Tommy, who also played for the Milwaukee and Atlanta Braves and died in 84. Tommy Aaron, I remember him, outfielder. Henry Aaron broke Babe Ruth's career of a uh, record of 714 home runs April 8, 1974 at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. And I remember the call by, uh, what's his name? I had him on my show as a guest one time in West Palm Beach. What the hell was his name? He used to do the Braves games. I don't know. He was also was, uh, worked with Harry Carey for a while and they hated each other like poison. I can't think of his name, damn it. Jaime Schmendrick. Jaime Schmendrick, that's the guy. Well, I can't believe I got a brain fart on that. He was good, too. Anyway, um... Hank retired with 755 marks surpassed by Barry steroid-inspired bonds of the Giants last August. That should have 400 asterisks next to it. Milo Hamilton, that's what I'm thinking of. Boy, it's a good thing I remember that. That's real bad when you get to be an old fart and you can't remember what the hell your name is like that. I remembered where I lived, though, yesterday. I turned around and came back. I got all the way to Niagara Falls and turned... Although I did make a pit stop at Woodbine on the way back and won 800 bucks. All right. See there? That was good. I paid for, waste all, all paid for the gas. What? It wasn't a wasted trip after all. So what did you uh, reveal? What did you uh, relate yesterday? So I, I, I said like, that uh, you uh, were, driving, were driving down here, and it would take you a couple days, and that you'd mm-hmm. uh, probably be in town on Thursday if you made it, if you weren't, uh, you know, carjacked or crashed or uh, other unforeseen variables or turned Scott around, turned around or who the hell knows or drove off Niagara Falls. I said, I didn't know, but that's the plan, and so I'll be on the other I actually never made it quite to the falls. They have like a, a tourist, 
like a rest stop place. Not a rest stop, but what do you call those places where um, they have all the restaurants inside and the pee rooms and stuff? Like a rest stop. A rest stop, tour center. Yeah. Like a big fancy rest stop there when you almost get to Niagara Falls on the Queen Elizabeth Way. Like a service plaza? That kind yeah, of like that. Only much bigger. Huge. And I went in there and peed. I didn't eat any food, though, you know? Because if you're going to be driving a long way, you don't want to look out in the middle of nowhere when you got the next rest stop is 150 miles and all of a sudden, mm -hmm. you know, they, you know me, I have those right, issues. Right, especially with your record, that's right. Right, so keeping that in mind, I didn't eat nothing. And I sat there and I sent a couple of text messages and I thought, well, okay, the coast is clear, I guess I'll turn around and go back. But a pit stop at Woodbine would be nice. I was down 200, I hit 1,000 on the wheel and I ran out. I bet you there are not too many people that have hit a thousand on the wheel as often as I have, but I've been playing the damn thing for almost four years. And when I came back here, guess what was waiting for me? That brand new backup power supply unit. Woo! That only weighs about 6,000 pounds. In fact, what I, what I managed to do was to sit it on top of the old one, which is unplugged. Now, maybe that's not good. I, I don't know. I can't see any reason it would be a problem. Can you? No. But I, I had to do that because I, I couldn't both move the old one out of the way and push that one in there. Just I, I don't know if I can explain it to you, but there's just too much weight involved there. I couldn't do it. So I did manage to, like, yank it on top of the old one. And there it sits. And the old one lasted for a little over six years. And this one, if it lasts as long, that should be just about right. That should be the last one. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. should be just about right. So here I am. Hey, and I'm not still driving down there, and I'm not coming down there, and all these, you know, it's just amazing to me, the uh, crap that goes on. All you do is spread a little of something. Oh, Neil's mm -hmm. coming back. And right away, the engineers are running around trying to fix stuff that they won't oh, no, let you. The, the, listen, do you know what a machaya this is, that the screen is in focus? That you can actually read it now. Oh. They won't do it for you. That gives me a real strong idea of what they think about you. Oh, I know. I know what they think about me. It's very clear. Like that. Yes. Raspberry. Uh-huh. Well, that's not good. So Friday, George will be out of Gulfstream, and this time I'll be here, as far as I know, unless I hit the highway again. And isn't it interesting, because yet Monday, wasn't I just telling you on Monday that at any given day I might just hit the highway and take off and disappear like that? that? you did. Not that I was going to disappear, but, yeah, I, I did. You just reach a point where certain things, uh, you know, get to you and say, I just can't take no more of this crap. Yeah, well, you know how that is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, I got a whole pile of stuff, and it's a damn good thing I worked feverishly to create a pile. Yeah. Well, yeah. because when I left here yesterday, I threw out everything else that I had. I have a big stack of stuff here just in case, in case I need it during the show. And I threw it all out. I schmick-canned it, so I had to start from scratch. It's been a long time since I've done that. Since you scratched it. Since I scratched it. Now, Charlie B's got an excellent pull for tomorrow. I haven't even really thought about it. What that you aren't would you most likely to be for a day? I'll tell you one other one we ought to add on there. Rich. Yeah. Right? Sure. Even if it's only for a day. I, I know somebody could do a lot of spending in one day. <laughs> and has and will continue, I'm sure, till I go broke. So uh, when we get the poll, I'll be sure to add that. Don't forget, Chris. It's added. That's your assignment. It's already added it won't, be, it won't be that long either because you're uh, moving toward 1,000 real fast. It's already added. 875. Now, how do you do that? Like magic? Is that like another magic trick? Well, oh it's, uh, yeah, when I hit admin, it's the uh, next uh, one up, so. I beg your pardon? It's a technical thing. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. So you got that on there. What that you aren't would you most likely to be for a day will be tomorrow's poll. White, black, Latino, Anglo, gay, 
straight, male, female, young, older, rich. What about circumcised? They put it on there. How about if we put them both on there? Okay. Un uncut and circumcised. I don't want to put cut because that doesn't mean, you know. Right. A lot of don't people wouldn't understand. What do you, yeah, like that. They, well, yeah. What does it mean, cut? Like uh, with a knife? Yeah, with a knife. Yeah. With a sharp... Uh, with a, like While we're changing razor. things around, how about uh, drop the O from Latino so that we're uh, staying in English? Well, you talk about a nitpicker. I don't know anybody yeah. in the universe. Uh, no, the, seriously. The word is this. Latin listen as long as we're speaking English. No, Latino is a person. There, there's such a word as Latino. There are Latin people who like that term and refer to themselves as such, but the word is Latin. Since we're speaking English. Okay. What? Just this one time, I'll let you ask me about my business, Kay. I'm going to have to Joyce here in a minute. Really? Since you made such a big issue. Yeah, I think you did it. <laughs> I already took care of my no, issues. It's your responsibility because you're the, you want to make a big sentence. No wonder your wife hates you like poison. You, she doesn't you hate can, me. You can argue about anything. Yeah, but she doesn't hate if me. If you found like our hair on, on the counter there... And you could argue with Chris about whether it's brown or black for like about three hours. You if know? somebody was using the wrong word for something, you'd correct I don't. I don't see that it's the wrong. It can't be the wrong word or it can't be the right is. word. It doesn't make any difference. It does. What would you like most to be for a day? Latino. Latin. Is the word I in English. I had three years of Latin. See, and non the thing. Uh, what? Latino is the Dominus Spanish Nabiscus, word you know. for Latin. No, nobody cares. Okay. You will you'll argue about anything just for the sake of being uh, argumentative. That's no, I won't. For, just for the sake no, of won't. being a hard ass. You no, I won't. Being a hard ass. No, I won't. Am I right, Chris? Is he a hard ass or what? Huh? I have, I have peeves about the English language. Think. What are you Americans going to learn to speak English? Eight hundred seventy-eight votes on Chris's poll on a really nifty Wednesday. We got jerks coming up at two o'clock. What more could any human being want? <laughs> Probably with some heat stats. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 562 AM. The Sports Leader. Would he keep his goofy socks on with his SpongeBob boxer shorts? The former governor, Don Juan, might not have time. He'll be dealing with the courts. He's certainly not a hottie. He looks like he needs a shower. Girls don't want to see his body. Unless he pays them 4000 bucks an hour. Do you think Elliot Spitzer will show his man brain? Would he make a sexy centerfold? I guess it would be better than McCain. I bet his guy stuff is growing mold. Elliot Spitzer is depressed. His friends say he doesn't smile So showing his little boy chest Might make him feel better for a little while You fairy! What if you were out boot shopping And you spot the Playgirl mag Then imagine you're
yourself stopping And in aisle five you have to stop and gag Do you think Elliot Spitzer will show his weenie? Perhaps it's smaller than Tom Cruise. 10.32 at 5.60 WQAM. You're going to love this story. Can't wait. Although, before I get to it, let me ask you this. Did you really ever think at any point that I was going to be able to drive 23 hours and come down there? Uh, I didn't know what to think. I just went based on what you were saying. I did think, yeah, absolutely, he ain't going to make it all the way down here. He's going to get... Uh, to a certain point, and then, uh, I don't know, hop on a plane or something, or go back, or who knows, you know? Yeah, who knows? Yes, That's what I was thinking. Anyway, here's this story by Nick Giuliani from the Raw Story uh, about John McCain. He's a crazy person. I've been telling you that for a long time. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. John McCain's campaign is lashing out at a shocking new report of his red-faced, expletive-laden tirade aimed at his wife that we talked about yesterday, or the day before when I was actually here. Meanwhile, the Huffington Post reveals another nugget from Cliff Schechter's new book, The Real McCain, which details a physical confrontation between McCain and another congressman. Perhaps the most remarkable story of McCain's temper involved Arizona Congressman Rick Renzi. Two former reporters covering McCain, one who witnessed the following events and one who confirmed the facts provided by the first, related to me as follows, says Nick. In 2006, the Arizona Republican Congressional Delegation at a strategy meeting, McCain repeatedly addressed two new members, Congressman Tent Franks and Rick Renzi, as boy. Finally, Renzi, a former college linebacker, rose from his chair and said to McCain, You call me that one more time and I'll kick your old ass. McCain lunged at Renzi, punches were thrown, and the two had to be physically separated. After they went to their separate offices, McCain called Renzi and demanded an apology. Renzi refused. Apparently, this posture made McCain admire him as they became fast friends. Also included in the book is an anecdote from a 92 campaign stop relayed to the author by three sources. McCain's wife, Cindy, teased him about his thinning hair, at which point he lashed out, at least I don't plaster on the makeup like a trollop, you see you next time. Can't say the C word. Ross story called McCain's campaign for comment before revealing the anecdote yet on Monday morning. Nobody ever called back, but the campaign has seen fit to decry Schechter's reporting in an interview with New York Gossip Column. Calling the book Trash Journalism, McCain's spokeswoman Jill Hazelbacker tells the Daily News' Russian Malloy the story of McCain cursing at his wife is completely fabricated. The campaign hasn't yet weighed in on the report of his scuffle with Renzi. Schechter responded to the accusation on his blog. No surprise here, he says. It's far from the first time the maverick has made himself into a liar, and today's opening statement to General Petraeus once again showed it won't be the last. I have hit McCain with a bit of that old straight talk. Instead of lying about me because of it, he should try it sometime. How about starting today when we're trying to find a solution to this disaster? He helped create in Mesopotamia. Huffington Post reporter Sam Stein notes that the book's new, new reports on McCain's fiery temper are well supported by other accounts of his losing his cool. Anecdotes like these would stand out as highly abnormal if it weren't for McCain's history of similarly explosive behavior. Oh, there's uh, Dumbo. The early efforts have fielded promising. As a Washington magazine documented, and checked your notes in the book, McCain once scuffled with the Senate's then oldest member, Strom Thurmond, during a Senate Armed Services Committee hearing in January 95. Can you just see that? I'm going to kick your ass, you old fart. I can see it. Three years later, the AP article reported McCain dropped the F-bombs in at least three fellow Republicans. He once retorted to Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley, I'm calling you an effing jerk. 
And in an opinion piece last year on Salon.com, Sidney Blumenthal, now an advisor to Senator Hillary Clinton, wrote that McCain once told Senator Ted Kennedy to shut up on the Senate floor, referred to a fellow Republican as a Schmidthead, and offered a downright vicious and doubly offensive joke in 1998 Republican fundraiser about then-first daughter Chelsea Clinton. Do you know why Chelsea Clinton is so ugly, he asked? Because Janet Reno is her father. The anecdote... The anecdote in the real McCain about the candidate's tirade toward his wife was confirmed to Schechter by three Arizona reporters who had been covering the candidate at the time. He told Ross Story Monday he was fully confident of the story's accuracy, wouldn't have included it otherwise. I've uncovered a lot of stuff that I can't even put in the book, he said. How do you like that? Insane McCain. Like that. So that bomb, bomb, bomb around. That's just not an uh, abnormality or just, you know, something out of the ordinary. That's him. He is a certifiably crazy person. That's the best that the Republican Party can come up with, by the way. Bom, 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 oh, and let me tell you somebody bom, else who's bom, become bom, totally insane and who's so full of himself that he's nauseating. I used to like him, actually, a little bit, and that's Jesse Ventura. He's making a comeback now. Really? Oh, yeah, he's making the uh, hitting the rounds now because he's got a new noticed. book out. And talking about the, uh, you know, the dictatorship of the two-party system and how they're all... Yeah, I mean, a lot of what he says is true, but he's just so full of himself and about how he was on Larry King and 88% of the people said they wanted him to be running for president and bada beep bada boop bada bop and he's going to show them. And uh, MSNBC had to pay him off for three years because he was against the war. It's really interesting because, you know, uh, Keith Olbermann is violently anti-Bush and anti-war and he's on there not only every night, but they repeat his show now like three times a night because he's mm-hmm. the only hit show they've got. So if that's the reason they took Jesse Ventura off the air, uh, that's yeah, pretty unusual. I think the that. reason they took him off the air is because the show was a disaster. Yeah. He was on one night. Remember that? He mm-hmm. was on once. And that was the end of the Jesse Ventura show. Everybody's a broadcaster, baby. Everybody's a TV star. But uh, he wasn't. He's just a legend in his own mind, Jesse. And he did this in Minnesota, and he did that, and blah, 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 blah. He's got a swelled head, in case you never noticed. He's got a, a big head. Yeah. He makes Joe Rose's head look like a pimple. That's how big his head is. Eight ninety nine on your pull. Boy, you're going to go over 900 in a second here, and you're well on your way to an early 1,000 today. This must be a good pull for a change. I think it is. I mean, huh? I think it is a good pull. Didn't I say that when I seen it? Uh-huh. I said, boy, this is a good idea. I didn't know. Did you have the audience? Was this a pole building experience while oh, I was yeah, gone? Oh, yeah, A little bit, yeah. A little bit? Yeah. Well, it wasn't going to be a lot. What do you mean by that? As in a lot of calls. By the way, if uh, you don't get a response from Chris or I, they're going to be swooning from the fumes here any minute. Yep. Oh, they're doing, they're tarring the roof again at QM. That's another or something. Thank, thank God, I must have had a premonition. Don't go down there. You'll be nauseous. You'll probably die from it. Although, if I died from it, I could, like, sue them for uh, something. Yeah, then you'll be rich. Mm-hmm. Don't you think that's a good addition for the poll tomorrow? Something you'd like to be for one day that you're what, not? Dead? Rich. Oh. Rich. Filthy rich. Just loaded with money. And then like the day after, at least you'd have all that good crap, you know. I'm right. poor now, but at least now I can sell it. Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. We're the flagship station. This is the Situation Room. In for the vacationing Wolf Blitzer, the newest addition to the best news team on television, Gildy Gildy. Hi, this is the Situation Room. What we got here is a wide variety of situations. Let's go now to our Situation
Navy correspondent Timbo. Hiya, Bo. Hey there, little dude. We got a situation. What's the situation? Well, it's not a groovy situation. It's more like a... A situation? Sure. Is it a sports-related situation? Well, that's the situation. It don't got to be. We're on CNN. The best damn news team anywhere in the universe. Uh, well, like, it's a good thing we got a room for this. A restroom? No. Situation room, man. We'll be right back after this five-minute block of pharmaceutical and big oil ads. Corporate is your friend. Your only friend. <laughs> well, I'll be tuning in to see Geldy Geldstein. I can't wait to see that. Um, remember the guy that was on a couple of days ago and he looked just like Geldy, a little bit like in 20 years? Yeah. yeah. Um, I forgot we were talking about them. Who cares? Does it really make a difference? He kept going <laughs> like that. And I've got some really astonishing news for you, even more shocking than the fact that I turned around and came back yesterday. Seth. I just, you know, when I finish reading these stories, what I do, you know, I always do it, tear them in half and I throw them on the floor here. Right. And then during the next break, I pick up all the trash, and I put it in my trash bag. So I turned around, I took the uh, stuff that I had on the floor, I put it in the bag, and I farted really, really bad. And I spun the chair around back to here, and in spinning around, I uh -oh. brought with me, uh -huh. you know what I'm saying? That's right. You did a whirlwind effect. Yeah. So I created like a, a tornado of... Sure, um, a fart. A fart. Swirling yeah, a fart around your head. And I just almost swooned here. So when we came back right after the break there, I might have, oh, there's Swillery. 60 days. Maybe that's why I farted, because she was on my TV. Works every time. Thank you again, Mr. President, for those low gas prices and for the recession and for all the dead people and for the uh, world of depression. Retail gas prices pulled back slightly from record levels yesterday and gave some consumers a small break. But oh, that's another reason I uh, turned around and came back. I couldn't afford to drive all the way down there. But a new government forecast said gas could reach as high as $4 a gallon during the summer driving season. Oh, my God. Oil future prices, meanwhile, fell as the dollar stabilized, giving investors a chance to lock in profits from crude's recent rally. I think that anybody out there who's investing in oil and making money off it, we ought to line them up and kill them all, don't you? And eat them. No. Ooh. Limiting the declines of developments in Iran, which announced plans to expand its uranium. That reminds me of Pac-Man every time you play that thing. Yeah, me too. Do they still uh, have Pac-Man around, or is that sure. the past yeah. now? Sure, Freaky Carlos was playing Pac it yesterday. Pac-Man and Pez. They still have Pez. They still have Pez? Oh, yeah. Pez is Where bigger than ever. Where do you buy Pez dispenser? Everywhere. You really Drug do? Drugstores, like they're everywhere. They're big. People collect the uh, Pez dispensers, don't you know? Why is that? For what? Uh, people collect everything. People collect bottle caps, empty beer cans, things like that. I see. Limiting the declines for developments in Iran, which announced plans to expand its uranium enrichment program and said it's tested key equipment move that raised the market's concerns about political conflict that could affect the country's oil exports. O-I-L, M-O-N-E-Y, what did I tell you? O-I-L, I told you that five plus years ago. And here we are all these years later, longer than WW1, longer than WW2, longer than the Civil War, longer than Vietnam. And here we are, they're still in there, and they keep... They keep talking, people like McCain, about, well, oh, victory. Well, what is victory? What does that mean? How do you know when you have achieved victory? When you when they all stop killing each other, when there's nobody left to kill yeah, anyone? Yeah, that ain't ever going to happen. In its monthly report on petroleum supplies and demand, the Energy Department's Energy Administration, uh, Information Administration forecast that monthly average pump prices will peak near 3.60 a gallon in June, but could rise as high as $4 a gallon at times. That's a dime higher than the EIA's previous monthly average projection and brings government forecasts closer to those of many analysts who expect gas prices to be close to 4 bucks a gallon. The government also predicted high prices. will Wouldn't you think with all the billions and trillions that they're making off of us that they could at least dress a little bit better? Everybody's always talking about my wardrobe. What about those damn Saudis, for Christ's sakes? 
all them schmatas that they're wearing. Yeah, dress up a little bit. Just like that Ahmadinejad. Don't you think he could look a little bit better? <laughs> My a God. little bit. A shade. Well, at, least, at least he sets a standard that I've already got. You know, I'm, I'm better than him. He looks more homeless than I do. That's how you look at it. The government also predicted high prices will cut demand for gas at the height of the summer. Gas consumption will fall by about four-tenths of a percent during the peak summer months. Overall consumption of petroleum products will drop by 90,000 barrels a day uh, this year. The agency previously said petroleum consumption would rise by 40,000 barrels a day. High prices already have an impact on demand, which has fallen since January. And, of course, one thing that a lot of people don't realize, well, I mean, stupid people, is that the, when the price of gas goes up, the price of everything, airline tickets, that's why all the airlines are going out of business, the price of uh, your food, all transportation, everything, anything that's got to be transported, all of these All of these things. things. So thank you, Mr. President, for destroying the economy in that multi-trillion dollar deficit. Nice job. And the public goes on, but a beep, but a boop, but a bop, and this one has uh, got a better bowling score than that one, and just stupid crap. You want to know why? Because that's what the American people can relate to, like I told you on Monday. Stupid, stupid crap. Excuse me. Stupid, stupid. Crap. Right. Well, he says it better than I do. Now, where's that from, by the way? What? The crap? The crap. The drop-in. Good question. Uh, some speech that he made, and we uh, had it. That who made? That was Jeb, wasn't it? No, it was not. Crap. Uh, no, that, now, see, you're confused. It's listed under there. You want to know why? Why? This is an interesting thing. Coming from somebody who steals a lot of my drop-ins and uses them all the time and has been for years. I don't want to mention her name. But anything that they played on, on their show that they thought was something really uh, great that they put in the DCS, which we all had access to during our shows, they would put it, and instead of just putting in crap, which you'd find easily, they put it under some, like, code thing. So it says Jeb Bush crap stutter, you know. Crap. Well, which is not Jeb Bush. Okay. It's got nothing to do with Jeb Bush. I always Bush. thought it was. I don't know where it came from then. Well, they say you forgot that? Yeah, I, I, don't know if I thought it was a Jeb Bush crap stutter, you know. God. God help me, I read the label. Everything that they put in there that was strictly for their use that they didn't want us or anybody else to find was under code. Oh, crap. God forbid we oh, yeah. one of their drops. What, what are we going to do if we find some crap? But, of course, when it comes to my stuff, everybody, everybody in the free, and, and that's fine. You know, all these idiot, these childish people send me spy reports. Oh, did you know that Randy is using, or uh, this one, or that one is using your, so who cares? Grow up. Get a life already, will you? I have no life. Jesus, God. So George will be at Gulfstream on Friday from 10 to 2, and I'll be a handicraft for you and maybe make you some money, I hope, this time. Let's try. I'll print out all the uh, entries and do my best. Gave you the winner by seven likes in that first race. And, again, I'm doing it just off of uh, names of horses and jockeys, that's all. That's probably why you're doing so well. Odds. What? That's probably why you're doing so well. Yeah, oh, yeah. The less you know, the better off you are, especially with the thoroughbreds. Now, have you actually looked at a racing form? Have you seen all the numbers on there in the past performance charts and the buyer speed ratings? Well, I see crap? it, but I sure don't understand no, it. I'm, I'm not asking if you understand it. So you can imagine when you've got 25 to 30 minutes in between every race, mm-hmm. and you sit there and you change your mind 400 times, and you keep re-looking and examining and all that, and you're better off to take a hat pin and just close your eyes and go up and down a program and stick the uh, in a number, you know, stick it. Like we say on all those uh, rejoins, stick it, stick it to the ticket. Maybe that's what we're saying, stick it to the ticket. And since Joel Feinberg left there, by the way, I don't hear anything about them no more. It's like they're not even on the air anymore. Maybe they Have they made their changes now, do we know? Does anybody know? Is Kevin Rogers on now against us? Oh, my God. Everybody's listening to Rogers between 10 and noon. Who? 
Kevin Rogers. He was the guy that was on at night from like 7 to midnight. And now he's on 10 to noon. And Jorge Sedano's on like, I don't know what. They keep, they keep changing it all around, you know, like we do. Mad Dogs 2 to 4, now Mad Dogs 4 to 6.55. Now, uh, yeah, all the stations, they keep doing that. They flounder. So they keep moving all the pieces. All the pieces on the chessboard, they keep moving them around. Just like P.D. Bolger used to do with the light bulb. Oh, uh, Mr. Ego's on in the morning, and uh, Norma's on in midday, and uh, Craig is on, uh, you know, like that. And this one's on drugs, and that one's on uh, speed, whatever. I think that's the only other choice I got is to start with the drugs, you know? <laughs> now, well, that's an expensive habit, though, you know? Isn't it? It is. You, know, you would know. How's a guy, how's a schlepper like you afford all these drugs? Uh, I got a hookup. Must be, uh, they must be in bra- bags of drugs when you go to Gulfstream. You know there are. So I'm thinking about a Woodbine Wednesday at 2 o'clock this afternoon. I think that would be a really good uh, relax, uh, a mm-hmm. good, you know, sure. separation from all the daily stresses and angst and chazarai. Chris is up to 919 votes. Uh, next hour, we're going over 1,000. And then we switch over to that really nifty Charlie B. pool, which I know everybody's all whipped up to a frenzy about. Especially Charlie B. Now, do you think when I use... Well, I know that for a fact, that when I use somebody's poll, they get... Oh, you know, it's like a, a badge of honor to them. Oh, Neil, sure. you used one of my polls today. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Like that, right? Right. Sure. Which is another way of saying... I have no life. Although Charlie was in Europe for two months uh, on, a, on a business, a personal, whatever he said, getting screwed and tattooed, whatever he was doing. So at least I salute him for that. That's more than you can say. Yeah. So he must have a couple of bucks somewhere, or maybe he just, uh, you know, maybe just hit, hit in the wheel well on a transatlantic flight. That's possible. Which actor's been most typecast by a character that he or she portrayed? That's our poll question right now. And we have 920 votes. It's an award-winning poll, if you ask my ass. James Gandolfini, Tony Soprano, 114. Bob Denver, Gilligan, 102. He's dead, by the way, George. William okay. Shatner, Captain Kirk, 102. Priceline.com, isn't that what he does the spots for? Yes. And those are, you know, some of them are kind of funny. Some of them are not so funny. Adam West, Batman, 59. Henry Winkler, Fonz, The Fonz, 41. <laughs> Sean Connery, James Bond, 41. Jim Neighbors, Gomer Pyle, 38. What about, uh, what's his name, Peter Graves? What about him? Mission Impossible. What about him? He wasn't typecast? I don't know. Maybe. Oh. Tony Perkins, Norman Bates, 37. Don Knotts, Deputy Barney, 536. Max Baer, Jr., Jethro Bodine, 34. Ed O'Neill, Al Bundy, has got... About 30, man. Cheech and Chong, as themselves, 29. Carol O'Connor, Archie Bunker, 29. How, how can you be typecast by playing yourself? I don't understand that. Oh, I think that's especially, uh, you know, if you do play yourself, you're going to be especially typecast as that. Jaleel White, Urkel, 24. Marlon Brando, Don Corleone, 24. Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, 22. Gary Coleman, Arnold, 21. Fred Gwynn, Herman Munster, 16. What about, uh, what's his name, Al Lewis, Grandpa? Oh, yeah. He's still dead. You want to put him on there? We did not. We can. can. Al Lewis, Grandpa. You want to put him on there, Chris, or not? Sure. Sure, go ahead. Make me happy. Macaulay Culkin, Home Alone, 15. Barbara Eden, Jeannie, 14. She's still alive. We love Barbara. Mm-hmm. She's still alive. Yes, she is. Uh, Jimmy Walker, JJ, 13. Red Fox, Fred Sanford, 12. Don Adams, Maxwell, Smart, 12. But there are just too many on here. Alan Alda, Hawkeye, 9. Andy Griffith, Sheriff Andy Taylor, 9. 
Sherman Hemsley, George Jefferson, 8. Richard Thomas, John Boy, 7. John Cazal, Fredo, 5. David Duchovny, Fox Mulder, 4. Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter, 4. Andy Griffith, Matlock, 3. Now, is he dead? Did we say he's still alive? You looked it up. Yeah, I looked it up. Uh, still alive. He's still alive, for Christ's sake. Is he? I believe so. I'm double checking him. Kim Fields, Tootie from Facts of Life, 3. Yeah, Faye Dunaway, Joan Crawford, 2. And Tony Randall as Felix Unger, Solamente Uno. He's dead. Very <laughs> This is the Neil Rogers Show. This is Neil Rogers Sports Radio 560 QAM. This is your brain. Any questions? Yes. Dead is all around me. Everybody is broke. The depression blows After 9-11 the stage was set For the neocons to grab all they could get They trickled it up to the 1% Made us fall and left us for dead could this be a recession? The headlines boiling news. There's people going hungry. You won't see that on the news. It's like the 1930s. Another grapes of wrath. We're just the rich and dirty. Can afford to buy gas. The corporate newspapers say it will end. The ones that I use for the sheets on my bed. You take periodically left them in control. They robbed us blind. Now we got a dust hole. We're in a deep depression, but they don't want you to know. For the world's richest country, this depression blows. Yeah, this depression blows. It blows, not as much as uh, you know who over there in Naples, but it blows. It's 11.03 at 5.60 WQAM. Happy Wednesday to you. John, Mc John McCain isn't quite sure of himself on Iraq. Last month, the Arizona senator got a whisper in his ear from Senator Jew Lieberman after he said that Iran was providing aid to al-Qaeda in Iraq, a Sunni group. Iraq, uh, Iran, however, is actually a Shiite nation. On Fox News Sunday, McCain also got wrong the details of an Iraqi ceasefire. His friend Jew Lieberman, who was also on the trip, had to famously whisper in his rear ear to correct him, the L.A. Times writes today. This allowed McCain's two Democratic rivals for the presidency, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, to criticize McCain for his mistake. 
which came in the area that's supposed to be in his wheelhouse, national security and foreign policy. It's in his wheelhouse. Elliot Spitzer, he's busy with the whorehouse, and we're worried about John McCain's wheelhouse. At today's Senate, uh, yesterday's Senate Armed Services Committee hearing, McCain seemed to have gotten it wrong again when interviewing Iraq Commander General David Petraeus. McCain, there are numerous threats to security in Iraq and the future of Iran, Iraq. Do you still view al-Qaeda in Iraq as a major threat? Petraeus, it's a major threat, though certainly not as major a threat as it was, say, 15 months ago. McCain, certainly not an obscure sect of the Shias overall. Petraeus, no, sir. McCain, or Sunnis or anybody else then? <laughs> How about the Kurds and the Ways? Oh, my God. McCain may want to work on this obvious weakness in his Iraq Fund of Knowledge, the Times blog remarked. Maybe flashcards would help. During an appearance on Fox News Sunday, April 6th, McCain repeated the false claim that Muqtad al-Sadr declared the ceasefire in Basra last week and said he thought the Iraqi army was performing well. It was al-Sadr that declared the ceasefire, not Maliki, said McCain. With respect, I don't think Sadr would have declared the ceasefire if he thought he was winning. As the blog Think Progress notes, it was members of Prime Minister Maliki's government who brokered the ceasefire to which Sadr agreed. Experts agreed that Sadr's influence was strengthened rather than diminished by the Basra battle. And it goes on. It's got a list of one, two, three, four, five more mishaps by McCain. On uh, he, he don't know what the hell's going on over there. He don't know the Shias from the Sunnis. He couldn't sniff one out. Although I don't think you'd want to, would you? No, thank you. When in doubt, let's sniff one out. Ooh. I'm not saying that the hygiene could be uh, bad or like that, but probably is. Wouldn't you think? I imagine. When you're wearing all them heavy-duty schmatas. How are you doing on your poll there, Mr. Chris? We have 933 and... votes. Yep. Mine's reloading again. So by noon, by the very least, we'll have a 1,000, and we can switch over to the really nifty Charlie B poll, and everybody will be all over that like stink on Joyce. On Sunday evening, Senator Swillery Clinton's chief campaign strategist, Mark Penn, resigned from his post after it was revealed he was working on the side for passage of a Columbia free trade agreement that his candidate opposed. But will the Clinton campaign, within the Clinton campaign, Penn <coughs> is not the highest ranking advisor with financial ties to groups and individuals supporting the passage of the measure. Former President Bill Clinton has earned hundreds of thousands of dollars speaking on behalf of a Columbia-based group pushing the trade pact, and representatives of that organization tell the Huffington Post that the former president shared their sentiment. In June 2005, Clinton was paid 800 grand by the Columbia-based Gold Service International to give four speeches throughout Latin America. The organization is ostensibly a development group tasked with bringing investment to the country and educating world leaders about the Columbia business opportunities. The group's chief operating officer, Andres Franco, said in an interview that the group supports congressional ratification of the free trade agreement and that when Clinton was on his speaking tour, he expressed similar opinions. He was supportive of the trade agreement at the time he came, but that was several years ago. Uh, I don't know what his position would be today. It's not only about union trade rights. It's about what benefit or damage it can do to the U.S. economy, said Franco. Events within the Clinton campaign concerning Mark Penn are not good at all for the trade agreement. Right now, it became about campaign issues, and that is sad because it needs to go through. But a beep, but a boop, but a bop. How do you like that? All right. Well, when you're trying to track down crooks, you know, and who they're connected to, and I'm not just picking on anybody in particular, all of them. They're all on the take, baby. That's what it's all about. Why do people get in, in, in that, involved in doing that instead of, like, uh, you know, being a postman or milkman or I don't know. shoe shine boy or stuff like that? Oh, and by the way, speaking of that, how do, how do you like the introduction from McCain yesterday? I forget where the hell it was. And the guy says, oh, you know, they can have their Tiger Woods. We got, uh, you know, comparing Tiger Woods to uh, Barack Obama. And everybody's saying, well, you know, Tiger Woods is the best golfer in the world. It had nothing to do with whether or not he's the best golfer. It right. had to do with the fact that he's biracial. That's what right. it had to do. Mm -hmm. It was a racial slur is what it was. Right. 
It was grotesque. And the media, you know, as usual, well, I don't think it's that big of a deal, but, you know, like that. Nothing's ever that big of a deal. Maybe we can get Tiger Woods to run against McCain. What do you think? Let's try it. At least get him off that damn stupid golf course. Oh, I just, I'm sorry. Oh, that's right, Mad Dogs at Augusta for the Masters today. Who's going to wear the green jacket? Oh, my God. Aren't you concerned about that? Oh, yeah. Who's going to wear the green jacket? Who's going to drink the green lizards? Well, we know the answer to that, don't we? All right. But who's going to wear the green jacket? Is it going to be the tiger again? The tiger? <laughs> and then every time I see those uh, shots on TV where they show him making some putt, and he's pumping his fist in the air like, like he just had a major accomplishment. It's golf, you idiot. But let me ask you something. When, when you're playing checkers with somebody, yeah, and, you know, and somebody jumps over your last uh, pieces on a the board there and wins the... Does, does the guy get up and pump his fist up in the air? Yeah! yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, unless he's a crazy person. It's an important person, checkers yeah. game, maybe, you know. Oh, and important. Yeah, it's that's like right. the Masters checkers mm -hmm. game. The Masters checker. We're going to the Masters checkers tournament right now in Savannah, Georgia. And the hell with that damn golf crap. Oh, you're wrong, Neil. Millions of people play golf and watch it, and it's very entertaining. What's entertaining about watching somebody else play a, a game? I've been saying it's that like for people, years. To me, it's the same thing as people who watch other people play poker on television. I mean, that's the ultimate of. I have no if, if you're watching that stuff, man, you need serious assistance, or maybe like uh, Doctor Jack can come and help put you out of your misery. Uh huh. God. San Francisco authorities are getting ready for protest today when runners carry the Olympic torch through that city, hoping to avoid the chaos that disrupted the relay in London and Paris. They're going to put out the flame in San Francisco. That'll be that'll be hard. There's so many flamers in San Francisco. How the hell are they going to do that? Police officers' vacations have been canceled. Mayor Gavin Newsom has said that the route along the waterfront, already cut from eight to six miles, could be changed up to and even during the run itself. Things are still subject to change based on the information we receive, San Francisco Police Sergeant Neville Gitton said. The goal is to have a safe event for everyone, spectators and participants. A spokesman for the group Students for a Free Tibet said he's heard of many people planning to protest in San Francisco. We want it to be peaceful, but it'll be large, said spokesman Tenzin Desang. I heard from Tibetans that we now live all over the U.S. and even abroad who are coming here. Whatever that means. You know what that means? We now live all over the... Oh, Tibetans. You know any Tibetans? No. I'm betting you don't. San Francisco is the only U.S. stop for the torch relay where it wraps up the first week of a 23-city international tour. When the flame arrived in the city yesterday, thousands of people chanting slogans and waving banners demonstrated against China's human rights record, including their treatment of Tibet. And they were all singing, Hello, Dolly, for the Dolly freaking Lama. That silly-ass goofball with that schmata that he wears. And like I told you, the whole world is a battle of headgear and schmatas. My schmatas are better than your schmatas. My headgear is uh, fancier and schmancier than yours, like the Pope yeah. and all well, that. Well, I got shoes. a feather in mine. Yeah, I got a feather in my crap. And my headgear, too. In fact, speaking of that, during this next break, Joyce is calling. Really? I don't know why. What's she calling to say? A bunch of crap? A day earlier, three protesters scaled suspension cables on San Francisco's Golden Gate Bridge and unfurled a large banner that read, One World, One Dream, Free Tibet. The demonstrators used baby carriages to sneak the banners and climbing equipment past the police. San Francisco protests followed demonstrations in London and Paris in which protesters tried to snuff out the torch's flame and dozens were arrested. Richard Gere said the whole world seems to spontaneously react to the situation and know it's a fraud what the Chinese are doing. Richard Gere, who has been a consistent advocate of human rights in Tibet. 
I hate to say this, but I don't really care about Tibet. You know, I mean, that sounds insensitive, I know, and whatever. Politically incorrect and humanly right. incorrect. I just don't give a crap about Tibet. I can I hate China. Map, though. I can hate China without caring about Tibet. Yeah, but once they call in all of our loans, man, we're all finished. I know. The the I think I hate them. Some independent truckers say they'll stop hauling freight, protest the record high diesel fuel prices. Off the road again. I just can't pay to fill my tank again. Diesel fuel is higher than it's ever been. And I can't pay to get on the road again. Oh my God. Off the road again. Oil profits, they are such a sin. Screaming things at those Exxon Mobil men. I can't pay to get on the road again. Off the road again. Like a pack of suckers, we go down the highway. Hope the gouging ends. Cause the Arab world's getting richer each and every day. It's so lame. Off the road again. We're making a statement. I just can't pay to get on the road again. We shut down for five days. I drive a truck and take it up the gassy end. Cause I can't pay to get on the road again. Now we are not going to put up with prices like that. 1117 at 560 WQM. You aren't going to put up with it? What are you going to do about it, huh? What are you going to do about it? Hot shot. Join George at Gulfstream 10 to 2 on Friday and then Saturday 10 to noon for the grand reopening of Comp USA, 1740 North Federal Highway, Fort Lauderdale. George is going to be real busy this weekend. I hope so. I was real busy during the break. I did a, a resounding joy. Excellent. Boy, tremendous accomplishment. Really sh- even shocked me, you know. Maureen Dowd writes, toil and trouble. Maybe it was because I was sitting in the back of the Senate chamber with three war protesters. Grim... A grim-faced, chanting women dressed in black hooded cloaks, white makeup, and blood-red hands that I felt as though I were watching a production of Macbeth rather than a hearing on a rack. Fair is foul and foul is fair, the witches in the play said. Hover through the fog and filthy air. Well, I sure hope she don't have any more words in here today, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Oh. Many words hovered Tuesday in the Senate, including some pointed ones by the woman and two men vying to be commander-in-chief, but the words seemed trapped in a labyrinth leading nowhere. The Surge twins were back. But the day-long testimony of David Petraeus and Ryan Crocker before two committees seemed more depressing this time. As the Bard writes in Macbeth, from that spring whence comfort seemed to come, discomfort swells. They arrived on the hills of the Maliki debacle in Basra, which made it stunningly clear, after a ceasefire was brokered in Iran, that we're spending $3 trillion as our own economy goes off a cliff so that Iran can have a dysfunctional little friend. Not good news, given Ahmadinejad's announcement that his scientists are putting 6,000 new uranium-enriching centrifuges in place. I like General Petraeus' era of restrained competence and Ambassador Crocker's era of wry world weariness, but now they seem swallowed up by the fresh violence and ancient, ancient tribal antagonisms that they were supposed to be overcoming. Ancient tribal antagonisms, I love it. That describes it perfectly. Don't know that? Yes. Yep. The guardians of Iraq offer more of the same, a post-surge pause or consolidation and evaluation, as the general generically puts it, and no answers about how we can stop our ward from aligning with our enemy. The way forward, General Petraeus said, should be conditions-based. Even in a place as prosaic as the Senate, this news spurred existential angst. Senator Evan Bayh summed up the Dada nature of our plan in Iraq. We'll know when we get there, and we don't know when we're going to get there. 
A confused Chuck Hagel asked the pair, so where's the surge? What are we doing? I don't see Secretary Rice doing any Kissinger-esque flying around. Where's the diplomatic surge? So where's the ch surge? What are you talking about? Condi's too busy floating trial balloons about being John McCain's running mate to bother about the fact that she was instrumental in two historic blunders, 9-11 and Iraq. It's hard to follow the narrative of our misadventures in Iraq. We went in to help the Shiites that we betrayed in the first Gulf War shake off their Sunni tormentors. But then, predictably for everyone except the chuckle-headed W. and Cheney, the Shiites began tormenting the Sunnis, so we put 90,000 Sunni sons of Iraq, some of the same ones who were exploding American soldiers, on our payroll so they'd stop shooting Americans and helping al-Qaeda. Our troops have gone from policing a Sunni-Shiite civil war to policing a Shiite-Sunni, a Shiite-Shiite power struggle, while Osama bin Laden plots in peace as al-Qaeda in Iraq distracts us and drains our military resources. Even some senators got confused. John McCain seemed to repeat his recent confusion over tribes, mistakenly referring to al-Qaeda again as a sect of Shiites, before correcting himself and saying, or Sunnis or anybody else. And Joe Biden theorized that the awakening made up of Sunnis might decide to get into a civil war with Sunnis, presumably meaning Shiites. But Senator Biden asked a trenchant, if attenuated question, Mr. Crocker, about al-Qaeda. If you could take out, if you had a choice, the Lord Almighty came down and sat in the middle of the table there and said, Mr. Ambassador, you can limit every al-Qaeda source in Afghanistan and Pakistan or every al-Qaeda personnel in Iraq. Which would you pick? Given the progress beating back al-Qaeda in Iraq, the ambassador replied, he'd pick the hiding place of bin Laden. That would be a smart choice, Mr. Biden noted. Senator John Warner asked the essential question, the one that makes it clear that W. and Cheney hurt the national interest. Is the war making us safer here at home? General Petraeus avoided answering, but he acknowledged that the fragile gains there are reversible. The champagne bottle, he told Senator By, has been pushed to the back of the refrigerator. You know when you're in trouble when Barbara Boxer is the voice of reason. Why is it, she asked, after all we've given, 4,024 American lives gone, more than half a billion dollars spent, all this for the Iraqi people, but it's the Iranian president who's greeted with kisses and flowers? She warmed to, he's got a red carpet treatment. We're losing our sons and daughters every single day for the Iraqis to be free. It's irritating, in my, is my point. Ambassador Crocker dryly assured the senator from California that he believed that Dick Cheney had also gotten kissed on his visit to Iraq. <laughs> oh, wow. Like that kiss, like when Michael kissed Fredo in The Godfather in Vegas. Remember that? Or in, oh, yeah. Was it in Cuba? Yeah, it was New Year's Eve in Cuba. That's right. And he kissed Fredo, and he said, I knew it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. Remember that? Yeah. We don't have to remember it. We could play it like me. I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. You broke my heart. How do you yeah, do that? that? Right after you give him the big kiss. Like that kiss of death. Just like that scene after Mama Corleone bites the dust, and they're all sitting there in the big living room there, and she's in the box. And Michael finally goes in after he's avoided Fredo all of that time. And he goes mm -hmm. in there and Fredo puts his head up against Michael's chest. And he yes. puts his arms around Fredo. And he looks at Neri mm -hmm. and he gives him that look. Right. And he gives like a little nod. Mm -hmm. not, almost imperceptible, you know. Mm -hmm. Like that look like, uh, what I mean, don't want to see Fredo no more. Right? Right. Like that. 9.51, we're having fun on Chris's pool, baby. It's a good pool. And what do you think about that one for tomorrow? You think it's okay? Yeah, I think it's pretty good. What would you like to be that you aren't or can't or ain't for one day? Not who would you like to be. We've done that. Who would you like to be for one day? I'd like to be um, Stephen Strait for one day. Would you? And just kind of like hang out with myself. In front of a mirror? Yeah, just stand there in front of a mirror. Grabbing myself. Putting my arms around myself. Going, mmm, like that. 
Hey, what did I tell you about Scare American Airlines? Wow. American Airlines canceled hundreds of flights today, again, including four inbound and four outbound flights in Fort Lauderdale, to reinspect jets that were checked for compliance with U.S. safety directives two weeks ago. About 850 departures were scrubbed after 460 yesterday, American spokesman John Hotard said. At Dallas-Fort Worth International, the airline's biggest hub, 251 departures were canceled. The Broward flights were scheduled to Chicago and Dallas-Fort Worth, a spokesman for the airport said in the email. None of the affected planes fly Miami International. Thanks, God. The FAA is looking into why the Boeing MD-80 planes, the same ones America uh, reviewed in March, were able to keep flying, agency spokesman Diane Spilateri said yesterday. An FAA order of nine jets in Dallas-Fort Worth found eight that didn't meet directives, she'd be saying. Americans' cancellations added to the travel disruption since the FAA proposed a $10.2 million fine against Southwest Airlines on March 6th for allowing 46 planes to fly without required inspections in 2007. That case spurred an industry-wide safety audit. Everyone is bending over backward to make sure it's done right, and it looks right. George Hamlin, managing director of New York-based consulting firm ACA Associates, in an interview. What this results in is serious delays. Americans' 300 MD-80s represent 46% of its fleet. The airline operates about 2,300 daily flights with its mainline jets. The FAA is also looking at Delta's MD-80s that were checked last month, Spilateri said. Spitaleri. Whatever the hell her name is. Spitaleri. What kind of a name is that? Besides I don't know. Spitaleri. Spitaleri. The new inspections at American were related to detailed technical compliance issues and not safety of flight issues, the Fort Worth, Texas-based airline said. The FAA raised questions about regarding previous American inspections of the planes and the manner in which the engineering change order was followed, according to the airline. The inspection centered on the uh, spacing of ties on wiring bundles on the jet's wheel wells and the direction in which retention clips and lacing cords were facing. American said it was trying to shift travelers to other flights or to competitors. At Delta, they said, we're working closely with the FAA to ensure that we're in continued compliance with the intent of the airworthiness directive. Spokesman Chris Kelly said, there's no additional action placed at this time. Planned. American and Delta canceled more than 700 flights last month for MD-80 inspections. 850 departures on Americans scrubbed today, baby. They're scrubbing it. And you're getting screwed, man. I wonder how long before people start getting a little PO'd, you know, with the price of gas. Are you kidding me? All these airlines, what? The media says everything's fine, so... Okay. That's right, I forgot. Oh, we're fine. Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Spread them and say cheese. It's that time of year again when thousands of fresh-faced hopefuls put everything on the line to win America's vote. This is American Political Idol. Tonight on Fox. I had this unusual experience. I remember landing under sniper fire. Oh, I made a mistake. That happens. It proves I'm human. I never respect you. With all due respect. She wanted to bend over backwards. Do it. Do it. Bend over backwards. backwards. Bend over backwards. Upside down and backwards. Do it. Did you honestly think that you had any chance of getting through and winning? I'm in. I'm in to win. Well, then you're not. Chill out. We're going to win this election. I'm going to reach out with a hook in a moment to get over. <laughs> 1132 at 560 WQM. Happy Wednesday to you. We got 959 votes on a very, very award-winning poll. It's outstanding and it is mild. What cigarette was that? It's outstanding, and it was that Pell Mell? I don't know. I'll take your outstanding, word for it. Outstanding, and they are mild. 
There was this big, fat-faced uh, guy with a deep voice who used to do those spots. Hellmill. Well, let's bring back cigarette advertising, okay? Why the hell not? We got booze spots on. Sure. Join the big swish to Chesterfield Queen. New choice of the fags of America. Frank something. It wasn't Frank Gallup, but I can see the guy right now. That's a hundred years ago. Boy, it's just amazing. The stupid crap that is buried in the recesses of your brain. Isn't it, ain't, mm-hmm. ain't it amazing? It is, indeed. The important stuff, like, you know, what the hell day is it and where, where, where do you live? Things like that. Well, I'm not so sure like that. William Rivers Pitt writes on the smirking chimp, Remember, they are liars. George W. Bush, Dick Cheney, Donald Rumsfeld, Paul Wolfowitz, Condoleezza Rice, along with a slew of administration underlings and a revolving door cavalcade of brass hats from the Pentagon, have been making claims regarding Iraq for many years now. They claimed Iraq was in possession of 26,000 liters of anthrax, enough to kill several million people, according to a page on the White House website titled, Disarm Saddam Hussein. They lied. They claimed Iraq was in possession of 38,000 liters of botulinum toxin. They lied. They claimed Iraq was in possession of 500 tons, which equals a million pounds of sarin, mustard, and VX nerve agent. They lied. They claimed Iraq was in possession of nearly 30,000 munitions capable of delivering these agents. They lied. They claimed Iraq was in possession of several mobile biological weapons labs. They lied. They claimed Iraq was operating an advanced nuclear weapons program. They lied. They claimed Iraq had been seeking significant quantities of uranium from Africa for use in this advanced nuclear weapons program. They lied. They claimed Iraq attempted to purchase high-strength aluminum cubes this is suitable for nuclear weapons. They lied. They claimed America needed to invade, overthrow, and occupy Iraq order to remove this menace from our world. It would take just one vial, one canister, one crate slipped into this country, went the White House line, to bring a day of horror like none we've ever known. They lied. Simply stated, said Dick Cheney, in August of 2002, there is no doubt that Saddam Hussein now has weapons of mass destruction. Liar. Right now, said George W. Bush in September of 2002, Iraq is expanding and improving facilities that were used for the production of nuclear weapons. Liar. We know for a fact, said White House Press Secretary Ari Fleischer in January of 2003, that there are weapons there. Liar. We know that Saddam Hussein is determined to keep his weapons of mass destruction, said Colin Powell in February of 2003, is determined to make more as well. Liar. We know where they are, said Donald Rumsfeld in March of 2003. They're in the area around Tikrit and Baghdad, east, southwest, and north somewhat. Liar. The Iraqi people understand what this crisis is about, said Paul Wolfowitz in March of 2003. Like the people of France in the 1940s, they view us as their hope for a liberator. Liar. No one ever said that we knew precisely where all these agents were, said Condom Lee's in June 2003, where they were stored. Liar. I have absolute confidence that their weapons of mass destruction inside this country, said General Tommy Franks, April 2003. Whether we will turn out at the end of the day to find them in one of the 2,000 or 3,000 sites we already know about, or whether contact with one of these officials whom we may come in contact will tell us, oh, well, there's actually another site and we'll find it in there, I'm not sure. Wrong. Before the war, said General Michael Hagee, May of 2003, there's no doubt in my mind that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction, biological and chemical. I expect them to be found. I still expect them to be found. Wrong. 
Given time, said General Richard Myers in May of 2003, given the number of prisoners that we're now interrogating, interrogating, I'm confident that we're going to find weapons of mass destruction. Wrong. Do I think we're going to find something? Yeah, I kind of do, said Major General Keith Dayton in May of 2003, because I think there's a lot of information out there. Wrong. General David Petraeus, commander of U.S. forces in Iraq, gave testimony before the Senate regarding the current state of affairs in that battle-savage country yesterday. He's a political general. One of many America has seen and heard over the last five years, one who would leap nude from the Capitol Dome before telling the real truth about matters in Iraq, or one who would speak words fed to him by liars and thus be wrong. Remember, they lie. They all lie from the top man down to the bottom. If their lips are moving, a lie is unfolding. If they say water is wet, get into the shower to make sure. They lie, period. What are you trying to say? Water is not wet. Ever have dry water? Just this morning. How about gold water? I had dry heaves. Remember him? Yeah, Barry. Heave it. Heave it out of that floor. That's it. Heave it. 967. I think you may by noon get to that vaunted thousand mark, and then I can get in the car again. Then I can get in the car and head for Woodbine. I was going to say that you can switch it. I beg your pardon? I thought you were going to say then you could switch it. Switch what? The pole. I can switch the pole. I can switch it? Yeah, I'll switch it. That's what I hear. I'll switch when I want to switch, okay? Bye-bye-bye-bye-bye. That's right. You let me worry about swishers. Swisher Sweets is one of my favorite cigars. Mm-hmm. They're for, like, uh, fairies. Are they? Do you ever have Swisher Sweets? No, they're for kids. Well, what do you mean they're for kids? Because they've got the sweet little tip on them. They're for starting out. Oh, you know? yeah. I know something with a sweet little tip. Do you? I don't want to know about it. <laughs> oh, baby. Where's that uh, movie, The Covenant, again? i got to watch that. I'll, I'll be back. Or maybe not. <laughs> Soon. Now, Swisher Sweets are for kids. Well, what are you talking about? They're cigars. Yeah, right. but they're, cigars for, they're for young punks. Exactly. Tra- they're trying to act cool, so they think they look cool with that, and it's just like a nothing thing. I mean, they're cheap. Well, let me you ask you this. Did you store. ever think of me as a young punk? No. Well, you like young punks. You, you've so, been yeah. one. Yeah, yeah you're, well. You're even I, uh, a young I girl. Swisher Sweets. They're okay. I mean, it's not yeah. my favorite cigar. You know the kind of cigars I like. Yeah, free. The ones that give you, like, cancer of the tongue and lips. That's right. So do you those instead of candy? Those were good. Even you like those. Yeah, I did. Remember back in the day we used to get those cigars? I haven't I smoked a cigar, a stogie, in I don't know how many years. I haven't smoked a cigar since yesterday. Oh, you're smoking big stogies, too? Big ones, little ones, whatever I can get. I see. Like the ones that Susan Sarandon was smoking? That, too. Mm-hmm. The good stuff. Nothing like the good stuff. I'm telling Speaking you. Speaking of a tip barillo. That's a good pull. What's your favorite cigar? Not... That'd be a good one for a footy, and he could like put one up against the other for like the rest of the year would be good. I wonder if he's still doing that. I, I do this just to aggravate you because I know it bugs the crap out of you. What's that? The thing about his burger poles and about uh, footy in, in general. You know? Oh, it doesn't aggravate me. I find it hysterical. Sure You're the one. You're the only one. Well, I'm trying to give him a little help. You, you're doing hand, embarrassing you know? things. I'm trying to grab him by me, that red nose me. and lead him down the uh, garden path of success. You want to wear a footy T-shirt? It's not going to uh, no aggravate thanks. me. No thanks. Well, you. you won't see it anyway. I know. Unless I get you in the car and drive down there this That's afternoon. Right. <laughs> Take the what weekend for that, will you? Do that I, on I the got, weekend. I got a good start Slider. yesterday. I got some good practice. I got almost to the I got almost to the uh, border there. I think if I'd have crossed into the U.S., I think I'd have just kept on going. To Mexico? No, not to Mexico. Are you a crazy person or what? Or like I have to ask? Twenty before noon. And I got enough Mexican grief here. I don't need to go to Mexico to find more. David here, live at the uh, Hollywood Bowl. They're not the one in California. The abandoned one in Hollywood and the Florida. Thanks, Norma. You. 
Well, this lane here, still in pretty good shape, but it just happened to found an old ball here. Hey, if it's good enough for Obama, it's good enough for me. See? Let's see if I still got it. There it goes. Ain't no pins on nothing. Just that old Valentine pop the bottle. See, right? You see that? I should run for president. Ooh, say, that gives me an idea. After all, who's done more for democracy? Yours truly? And that fat ass bitch who dresses like a bubba bumblebee. Ah, give me a call here at Beachwood 45789. Somebody's actually calling? Hello? Oh, oh, hey there, Mo. Joe Bell here. Yeah, uh, uh, what do you know? Oh, we've been seriously thinking of asking you back. Back for what? To get raped again? Well, you, you still get raped. Yeah, but not with so much disrespect. Occasionally, I get a dinner. We're prepared to offer you a Neil meal deal. <laughs> no, no. Oh, no. Not a chance, pal. There's about a good a chance of me coming back there and having the National Guard go to Iraq. <laughs> uh, Norma has assured me of reaching an agreement once he rolls out of bed tomorrow. That makes me happy as a tap dancer in jelly shoes. I'm not sure how to take that comment. Take it any way you like, pal. I wouldn't even come back there for a free pizza. You You have your fun. Stay away from me or I'll hurt you. I'll hurt you bad. I've got four trained fingers and one big thumb. You can't hurt me. You don't say. And why not? You're on the phone, dummy. Oh, that's right. Uh, Say, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll get back to you, Diana. 11.46, 11.46, 14 till noon. Boy, we're right on the verge, right on the cusp of that thousand votes on your pool. 9.86, do I see, or do I see more? I don't see any more. More I see, Chris. Well, I got always mine says 9.84, so mine's a little slow. Oh, I'm way ahead of you. Yep. How do you like that? All the way up here, I'm way ahead of you guys. Isn't it amazing how the Internet works? Yes. And we're streaming. We haven't had any dropouts all day, which I probably shouldn't say that. I gave it a canary just now. Haven't had any dropouts? Did you have any dropouts yesterday? Not that I could Just see. Just the ones who come to see you at Gulfstream. That's right. I wish they would. Now, you, you never tell me about anybody else that comes to see you. Are there like Lots normal, people. nice people that come to see yes, you? Yes, absolutely. Well, why don't you ever talk about them? I do. You're always so negatory talking about That's those right. creeps that come to see you. What can we legally do? Nothing. That's the big Besides question. maybe shoot them would be a good oh, idea, but see. other than that. What do you mean, what can we do? I mean, can you spray them with uh, skunk urine or something? I don't know. Well, I'm sure it would, would only improve their aroma. Yeah, I know. Maybe you need a bodyguard. Maybe a Luca. Yeah. I mean, if Sean from Hollywood could chase him away the last yeah, time. Yeah, well, he might show up again. Hey, Sean. Is, is he a big guy? He's a big strapping guy, yeah. Is he? Yeah, i got muscles. Good, maybe he'll come back again and beat the crap out of him this time. Then he can go to the show. <coughs> right. We didn't know nothing about yeah, it. We right. had nothing to do with it. These are our good friends. <coughs> yeah, these are good buddies. These are our regular callers, like, uh, what's that one guy with the S? I, I keep uh, forgetting his name on Joe's show. Come on, Chris. Oh, Stormcat. Stormcat, <laughs> yeah. Like Stormy. <laughs> hey, Stormy. Oh, my God. I just, I, I shake my head and I wonder. You know, I wonder what it's all about. And then I go to Woodbine and forget about it. See, that that's a good thing. When I go there, I forget about all that's this right. extraneous cram. I mean, seriously. Everyone should have something that uh, left A diversion, that. man. That's right. And there's a lot of noise. And the machines are ringing and people are, bah, 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 and, you know, and then there's these sights right. and the smells. The, the sights, the smells, and the sounds, you know. Oh, you know, that, that might be good, but I highly recommend perversion as a diversion. I'm too old for that, man. No, you're I'm, not. That, that's in my past. Well, I know I'm not. But well, then. 
I should get back on get the... Uh, out I'll, there. I'll you, I'm going to hop on a plane for Berlin at 2 o'clock. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. There you go. Get back on that horse. Horse, you back on the drugs again now? Horse? I don't do horse. <laughs> no needle drugs for me until I'm in a wheelchair, man. Until I'm in a wheelchair. Oh, Jim. <laughs> you don't want that purple vein? Don't shoot in that. <laughs> that was pretty gross. How's his band doing, by the way, Jared Leto? I don't I think see doing him. Fine. I don't hear about him anymore. I they're don't doing fine. Is. He's a busy yes, man. I miss him badly. I'm going to have to watch that movie again. I haven't watched it in a very long time. 988 on Chris's poll, by the way. And we got... She's going to be on television. Who is more out of it there by the end of the movie? Jack Nicholson in Cuckoo's Nest or Sarah in Requiem? Oh, oh Sarah. At least, uh, as far as we know, she was still alive at the end, right? Yeah. So to speak. Well, she was kind of like a breathing broccoli, you know, mm-hmm. a human vegetable. That's right. She was like carrot top. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that. Elizabeth Edwards put in a plug today for Senator Swillery's health care plan, possibly the closest any Democratic presidential candidate is likely to get an endorsement from former rival John Edwards or his wife. Both Clinton and Barack Obama have been seeking the backing of John Edwards, whose home state, North Carolina, holds a primary on May 6th with 115 delegates at stake. Both candidates have called John and wanted to talk to him. We continue to talk to them about what's going on. But we think that what we have to offer them is not so much an endorsement as a perspective on what we found as we crossed the country, on what people think are important issues and the solutions that seemed most realistic, which is a non-answer, if you ask me. I could be wrong, but it sounds very evasive to me. Elizabeth Edwards said in an interview with ABC's Good Morning America. Elizabeth Edwards, who discovered last year that the cancer she thought had been, she had beaten had returned, said she prefers Clinton's health care plan, which would require everyone to have health insurance and offers assistance to those who can't afford to buy coverage. Obama's plan requires all parents to have health coverage for their children, but it does mandate that all adults buy coverage. I do think that in order to ensure that we have universal coverage, we need to say that everybody has to join. So for that reason, the mandate, that mandates the Senator Clinton's talking about, I think will actually be more successful in achieving the goal. In other words, unless you join, we're going to shoot your ass, that's all. Yeah, we're going to uh, penalize you and shoot you and turn you upside down. Uh-oh, Ubu Obada al-Masri died of natural causes. Look at that. was said to have recruited, trained, and detected... He looks like uh, a Saudi bombers in that Is he? Uh, he also has been associated with... Oh, yeah, why am I on this? Let me change it real quick. Uh, Abu Ubaida al-Masri. Yesterday. There we go. Ah, yeah, Dancing Girls. That's nice. Did you listen to me? In the summer of 2000. Dancing Girls wearing polka dots. Yes. Yeah, I bet. They're wearing matching white mini dresses with black polka dots on them. Even the space polka dots He's believed to be behind attacks on U.S. forces in Afghanistan. If you want to finish the show and talk about Dancing Girls, go ahead. Well, you're talking about that boring schmuckahead crap. He's dead. Yeah, yeah, and? Well, he's dead. He's just going nowhere. So it's a day for a party, is what I would say. White mini dresses with a black latex belt around the middle. Evenly spaced polka dots. It's way more interesting than some dead schmout ahead. I agree. 992, Chris is only eight away. We can do it. We got eight minutes for eight votes. That's what you'll be out of. Be concentrating on, then I can change the poll and get out of here. Okay. I think that would be a good plan for me. Just every every now and then spontaneously just get up and, I'm leaving now. See ya. Like that. No. Yeah, why not? Well, which means what? What does that mean? That you get up and get out of here uh, whenever you want. In Usually the middle of a show? show? Not in the middle of the show, usually. Without notice, usually. See what I'm saying about him? Cantankerous, hard ass. 
Yeah, nasty. 9.93, boy, they're creeping in. I don't think you're going to make it by noon, or by uh, whatever time it is, noon. Not that it makes any difference. People just don't want you to leave yet. Who says I'm leaving? Where the hell am I going? Am I going to get Goodbye. back in a car again? Hit the Hershey Highway? Niagara. Hit the QEW? I'll be honest with you. I'm starting to like that little car a little bit. It's not bad. Good. That solstice? Mm-hmm. I see them all over the place. Have you, ever, look have you seen them? Have you been oh, inside yeah. of one? Well, somebody drives one here that's in the parking lot. I don't know if it's you know downstairs. They're, they're or a little anything. on the cheesy side, the interior, inside. You know, oh, I imagine they, when you're used to a Corvette, yeah. Yeah, and they, but they look uh, kind of nifty from the outside. And they're small. They're, they're a good, like, learner car, you know, for some, like, illegal alien or something like that. Not illegal, but some alien who's just learning to drive and waiting for the first crash, you know, because if you have a little car and you crash, unless somebody hits you, then if you have a little car, it's probably not so good. Especially if it's like by a truck. Oh. Yeah. Truck will roll right over that thing. <laughs> Isn't it a, uh, it's a rag yeah. top, right? Maybe i got to make some arrangements, you know? <laughs> Illinois will award its presidential electoral votes to the winner of the nationwide popular vote, but only if several other states follow suit. A bill signed into law Monday by Governor Rod Blagojevich, Blagojevich, how do you say his name? Blagojevich made Illinois the third state after Maryland and New Jersey ready to bypass the Electoral College in November. The three states with a combined 46 electoral votes won't act unless states totaling 270 enough to elect the president sign on. By signing this law, we in Illinois are making it clear we believe every voter has an equal voice in electing our nation's leaders, Blagojevich said in a statement. As a congressman in 2000, the governor co-sponsored a proposed constitutional amendment to abolish the Electoral College, which is long overdue, my God. Electoral College, my ass. The new law is part of a national push by the California-based advocacy group, National Popular Vote, Inc. It's aimed at preventing a repeat of the 2000 debacle when Al Gore got most of the votes nationwide, but George W. Bush put together enough victories in key states to win a majority in the Electoral College and capture the White House. The Electoral College is, uh, of course, if Obama gets the nomination, is there any doubt who's going to win Illinois anyway? No. No, none. Sorry. The Electoral College is set up by the Constitution to make the final decision on who becomes president. States get one electoral vote for each member of their congressional delegation. Maine and Nebraska award electoral votes by congressional district, but other states award them on a winner-take-all basis. Under the National Popular Vote Plan, states agree to award their electoral votes to the winner of the National Popular Vote. If most of the electoral votes were awarded that way, the popular vote winner would be guaranteed to win the election, like Al Gore would have. We wouldn't have had to go through all that cockerai. In the case of a tie in the popular vote, the current system would be used. Critics of the proposal say it could reduce the influence of smaller states and that a close presidential election would require a nationwide recount. Who wants the smaller states to have influence, okay? Why can't everybody's vote count the same, whether you're in Rhode Island, New York, California, Connecticut, or Illinois? It's harder like, to fix uh, that any... way. Huh? It's harder to fix that way. Oh, I see. It's a lot harder to fix. It's much easier to fix, like, one state than all 50 states. That's a good point. <laughs> Biggest names. The best. And I bet they can do it. Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The Sports Leader. This is Brady Quinn. Whenever I shave my balls, I listen to the Neil Rogers 12 to 1 hour. Come on the dive of computers. Yes! Yeah. 
Get Geldy out of there. Geldy Geldstein. 12 noon at QAM. <coughs> I'm getting choked up about it. You know what I'm choked up about? What? The fact that we can't get that damn thousand votes. Oh, geez. Chris has fallen down on a job. He got 997 and just sitting there. Sorry about that. And I can't change the poll. Don't we get to a thumb? I mean, I could. Would that be kosher or what? It would be like throwing in the towel, you know, like, like surrender. I'll tell you what. Unless we get that thousand votes in the next minute, I'm playing Elvis the rest of the day. Okay. Speaking of surrender. Okay. What do you think? Are you threatening me? Yes. Okay, it works. One minute, or Elvis till 2 o'clock. Come on. Ooh, man. Three more, and it's a good poll. That's the part that pisses me off. Maybe the whole audience has voted twice. Oh, and by the way, Footsie is still doing the burger thing. (laughs) Thanks. I checked for you. (laughs) For me. I'm going to get you a footy t-shirt. Still starting on Maybe Eric's got his foot on the brake, you think? Because it just it seems awfully peculiar to me. Although maybe now the delay is catching up. So i got to give him one minute from now. To like 9.03. So keep your eye on it, Chris. Will do. Still stuck at 9.97. That, that's not possible. Is it? I think it's possible. Yeah, I was just going to say. No, 9.98. There is one. Okay. they got a minute and a half. As H. Wayne Heisinger built company after company, Rich Rick Roshan was his right-hand man. When Roshan struck out on his own after 17 years, Heisinger said he was sorry to see him go. Now the former mentor and protege have locked horns, says the Herald, in increasingly nasty litigation over money that billionaire Heisinger advanced to Roshan. After Heisinger sued Roshan to get back more than $10 million, Roshan accused Heisinger and his son of insider trading. Impertinent and scandalous, Heisinger 70 called the insider trading charges in court papers. I'm being sued, so I'm defending myself, Roshan 50 said. How are we doing, Chris? We've got a thousand and two, and you didn't tell me. See? I, I could have just sat here and, uh, and played Elvis. I was letting you finish your story. I'll get, get to it. Relax. I'll get to it, and I'll just change the pool. Palm Beach Circuit Judge Kenneth Stern dismissed Roshan's action March 27, but gave Roshan 20 days to file an amended lawsuit. Roshan intends to file a new claim with substantially the same allegations. Roshan's claims are the latest salvo in the battle between former mentor and protege. Roshan joined Heisinger Holdings in Fort Lauderdale in 1985, just as Heisinger's whirlwind of deals began. They included video rental giant Blockbuster Entertainment, automotive retailer AutoNation, hotel chain Boca Resorts, the Miami Dolphins, and the Florida Panthers. Roshan, who served as president of Heisinger's investment firm, left in 2002 to start his own private equity fund, Royal Palm Capital Partners in Boca. While the split appeared amicable, Heisinger in December 2006 sued Roshan for the return of almost $10.7 million plus another million interest. Boy, I sure hate that. i got to print out that poll again. Didn't print out. Don't you hate when that happens? All the time. There we go. 
Heisinger still claims Roshan used his stock investments, included, including in Heisinger's public companies, as collateral for bank credit lines to, among other things, build a $20 million Boca Raton mansion and $15 million yacht called Atlantica. Remember the young Latin dog the afternoon? Atlantica! Atlantica! Remember that? Uh, that was very fun. After Roshan's investment began declining in value, Heisinger alleges he began lending money to Roshan to cover margin calls and various expenses. Altogether, Heisinger claims he lent $13.9 million. Roshan repaid about $4.3 million in principal and interest. Richard Handley, Heisinger Holder's general counsel, said to an assistant that he had no comment. Joseph Ayano, Roshan's lawyer, acknowledged Heisinger advanced money to Roshan but disputed the amount. Ayano declined to elaborate. Maybe uh, Wayne will give me $13.9 million. I wouldn't pay it back, but yeah, I'd like I, I doubt he happen. would. Huh? I doubt it. What? Doubt that I'd pay it back? Doubt that he'd give it to you. Oh, well, why? Why is that? Why do you say that? I'm sure he loves me. Right. There is no promissory note that obligates Mr. Roshan to personally repay Mr. Heisinger. I said. Rather, Roshan's suit says Heisinger's sole source of repayment was supposed to be Roshan's sale of stock in various companies. In his countersuit, Roshan accuses Heisinger of insider trading related to Boca Resorts. On September 10, 2003, Roshan and Dell CEO Michael Dell's private investment firm proposed they buy Boca Resorts for 16 bucks a share, the suit says. Roshan, a Boca Resorts director and its former president, alleges the Heisingas and related entities began to rapidly buy large quantities of Boca Resorts stock after his offer. Boca Resorts trading data show 339 shares changed hands over a two-day span beginning September 10. The average daily trading volume in the preceding month was about 25,000 shares. Roshan in the suit says he told Hanley after making the offer that the Heisingers shouldn't be buying Boca Resort stock because both had material non-public information concerning a potential offer. The lawsuit doesn't indicate whether Roshan took his complaints to the SEC. Besides denying the insider trading allegation, Heisinger and court papers called the charge immaterial. Heisinger also contacted one of the partners of Dell's firm to intimidate it from proceeding with the offer, Roshan suit alleges. Heisinger calls that cream incredulous. He also downplayed Roshan's relationship with Dell's firm. But a beat, but a bit. It goes on and on, and this one did this. A lot of numbers in that story. So many dollars, so many shares of stock, but a beat, but a bit like that. That's what happens when all these rich people get, you know, when money gets in the way. You know, never, never loan mm-hmm. anybody money. Spare some change, mister? No, sir, I don't want to ruin our relationship like that, you know. Right? Right. Here's the final result of Chris's sensational poll. Which actor has been most typecast by a character that he or she portrays? A thousand and six votes. Is my final tally, Sally. What do you got? Let me check. This one takes a while to load over here. Uh, 1,006 is what I have. James Gandolfini is Tony Soprano, 120. Bob Denver is Gilligan, 112. William Shatner, Captain Jerk, 109. Speaking of that, don't forget we got jerks at 2 to 4 this afternoon. Captain Jerks. Adam West is Batman, 63. Sean Connery is James Bond, 48. Henry Winkler, Arthur Fonzie Fonzarelli, gay, 44. Jim Neighbors, gay, Gomer Pyle, 43. Don Knotts is Barney, 541. Tony Perkins, gay, Norman Bates, 38 and psycho. Max Baer Jr., Jethro Bodine, Bodine, Bo, whatever it is, 37. You ever shop at Bodine's? No. Overpriced. Are they all now Macy's or what? Don't know. And don't care. No. Ed O'Neill, Al Bundy, 33. Cheech and Chong is themselves, 32. I still don't understand that. Carol O'Connor, Archie Bunker, 32. Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, 29. See, it, it doesn't, doesn't make any sense because actor, actress, the, the, the implication in, just in the question of the poll is that it's somebody, a character actor playing some other character. 
Not somebody yeah. as themselves. Well, those were their characters. They just happened to be based on their names, but that's not Carol O'Connor is Archie Bunker, 32. Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, 29. Marlon Brando, Don Corleone, 27. Jaleel White, Urkel, 26. Gary Coleman is Arnold, 22. I'm sure glad this is the last time I'm going to read this. Too long, too many names, too many numbers. Fred Gwynn, Herman Munster, 16. Barbara Eden, Jeannie, 16. Macaulay Culkin, Home Alone, 15, with or without Michael Jackson. Red Fox, Fred Sanford, 14. Jimmy Walker, JJ, 14. I'm going to play that theme. You hate it. Good time. I love it. Why do you say that? Now, what about Chris? Do you like that theme or what? Eh, it's okay. Nothing special. Nothing special? Uh-huh. Uh-uh. Don Adams, Maxwell Smart, 12. Alan Alda, Hawkeye, Pierce, 11. Andy Griffith, Sheriff Andy Taylor, 10. Sherman Helmsley, George Jefferson, 8. Richard Thomas, John Boy, with that big uh, welt on his head, that wart. Melanoma. Wart's new, John Boy, 7. Yeah, melanoma. John Cazal, Fredo, 6. Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter, 5. Kim Fields, Tootie from Facts Alive, 4. David Duchovny, Fox Mulder, 4. Andy Griffith, Matlock, 3. Al Lewis, Grandpa, 2. He's got a pair. Faye Dunaway, Joan Crawford, 2. And Tony Randall, Felix Unger, 1. He's still dead, Tony Randall. A lot of dead people on that poll. So we got the new one up now. Hallelujah. Let's hear it. Don't you like it a lot? Yeah. Well, I made it easy now by adding Rich on there, you know? Yeah. What that you are? You don't like it? Oh, it's fine. I voted for Rich. You like it? Boy, you are A lot of brutal. things missing from here. What? A lot of things missing from here. Well, add them on there. Like what? Like Jewish, you anti-Semite. Like Cuban, you I mean, professional. You got spirit. Latino in there. Let me ask you something. You meet somebody from Germany. Do you say, hey, there goes a Deutschlander? Or do you say that's a German? How about Eastbian Berliner? What? See? Well, I sure came back with you. JFK would have said, would have said uh, ich bin ein la, la, Latiner. Ach, ach du Liebe. Ach du Liebe, with onions and bacon. Mm. Now, what restaurant, which one was it that we had that had uh, liver and onions? Was it... Um, I think Villa Deli. No. no. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just... You weren't there. Lucille's. Oh, okay. No. Wasn't that on the menu, there. Chris? Um, sure, yeah. Well, you don't know, because you probably don't like liver and onions. Maybe nope, you never not at all. Had it. Never had it? Uh, don't even want to try it. Well, what does that mean, you don't want to try it? Just because it's an organ? What do you think you're eating when you're eating a hamburger, huh? Ground-up yep. meat, man. Ground-up flesh. But do you, know what the liver, do you know what the liver's purpose is? Yeah, it, it, all the toxins go in there. I didn't say yeah, it was good for you. But it if is it's good cooked, for you. If it's cooked just right and it's got mm-hmm. the onions just... Oh, right. man. I agree. But he's an expert, you know. I never I said I was. I just said fat. if I'm not, I don't want to try. Well, try it. No. I'll tell you what. I'll eat tongue when you eat liver. And I'll never eat tongue. I would die before I would eat that. Oh. Okay. Oh, my. I have a tongue sandwich. That's like saying I have a dung sandwich, you know? Why? Tongue's a muscle. Oh. I could say something, but I won't. Ever eat heart? What that you aren't would you like to be for a day? Rich, 22. Young, 4. That's what I voted for. Oh, please. Female two, gay two, circumcised one, male one, black one, white one, uh, none yet for Jewish, uncut, old, straight, Anglo, or Latino out of 34. Latino. Don't we have a bit? I want to be a Latino. Yeah. We do? Here it is. Latino. I want to be a Latino. See? I want to be a Latino. So there's a million morons in the world. I 
of the Gag Show. No, 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 people. Don't be fooled by the rumors. I ain't going anywhere. In the prove it, I'm yelling a little bit. Yeah! This here's your chocolate thunder from down under. Wrap your brain around a labyrinth of nothing but me babbling about the heat. The fantastical basketball team with a fabulous expense account. Think that's all I ever talk about? Well, I got news for you. I got your log right here, homie. I can talk about Blue Hill or other sports hoots and heat. How about that, huh? How about that game last night, huh? How about that? I only want to talk about b-ball. How about that? Because I have a dreamy expense account with the heat. How about that? I've been in radio long enough to know the audience doesn't expect anything more than the only thing I'm concerned with. How about that? So the rumors stop now. How about that? I ain't going nowhere. How about that? Now stand back. Stand back, you hear me? I'll butt the cap in your ass. How about that? You found me, I fire on you. How about that? Oh, wait a little bit here. I gotta reload the cord. How about this? Okay, 1218 at 560 WQAM. I'll find it. There it is. Here's the okay. story. Well, I was just printing something out, you know. Sometimes there's like an extra page and it just don't, it don't do it when you want it. Senator Hillary Clinton and her husband Bill don't see eye-to-eye when it comes to a controversial free trade pact, her campaign says. Oh, my God. Swillery starstly opposes a free trade agreement with Colombia, but her husband, the former president, supports it. Clinton's campaign spokesman Jay Carson told the AP that her opposition to the deal is clear and firm. Like other married couples who disagree on issues from time to time, she disagrees with her husband on this issue. President Clinton has been public about his support for Colombia's request for U.S. trade preferences since 2000, he told AP. According to Associated Press, Bill Clinton raked in 800 grand from Gold Service International, a development group based in Bogota, Colombia, that supports the Colombia free trade deal. The payment was for appearances in Mexico, Colombia, and Brazil in 2005. Earlier this week, Clinton's chief strategist Mark Penn resigned amid controversy about a meeting he had with Colombian officials to promote the pact. Penn said he met the officials not as a Clinton representative, but rather in his capacity as chief of his pubic relations company, Burson Martzeller. 
Then called a meeting, an error in judgment that will not be repeated and apologized. That prompted Colombia's government to fire the company Saturday, calling the remarks a lack of respect for Colombians. They got the good stuff, baby. That's why we respect them, just like the Jamaicans. They got the good stuff. Yeah, man. Right? I, I don't know. Isn't that why we respect Jamaicans, man? Never isn't scored off the Jamaicans. Isn't that why all the guys love Bob Marley? It's not because he made great music. Did he make any music? Yeah, not for you. For whom? The Bell Tolls. See, we shouldn't have put Rich on that poll because that's going to win. That's going to be a runaway right. wiener. But that's all right. At least they're being honest about it. What'd be wrong with being rich for a day, man? You could have yourself Nothing. a ball, a blast. Though he resigned as chief strategist, the Clinton campaign said Penn will still advise the campaign. Swiller maintains her stance is clear, and says she doesn't think the fallout over Penn will hurt her campaign. Like, like she's going to say, "Oh, I think that's the end. Let's get out of this." Who the hell writes this crap? In an interview yesterday, she suggested she dealt with the matter more definitively than Obama did when he faced a similar situation. Contrast that to Senator Obama's campaign, where, as far as I know, nothing was ever done when one of his top economic advisors representing the campaign, unlike Mr. Penn, who was not representing the campaign, but Mr. Obama's representative told the Canadian government basically not to pay any attention to what Senator Obama was saying about NAFTA, she told CNN on Tuesday. Of course, uh, that's not what really happened. Clinton and top aides were sharply critical of Obama after his reports on top economic advisors suggested to a Canadian official that Obama was not as supportive of changes to NAFTA as the Illinois senator claimed to be on the campaign trail. And then, of course, it turns out that it was one of Hillary's people that told him that. And it was a big stimulus here, and who cares? Who cares about the Canadians, eh? Clinton went on to win Ohio by double digits. Campaigning on Tuesday, Swillery reiterated her push to defeat the Columbia Free Trade Agreement now before Congress. Free trade agreements don't sit well with everyone in Pennsylvania, which is home to more than 800,000 union voters and a lot of corruption and a lot of uh, gangsters, stuff like that. You know gangsters? All the time. Pennsylvania is the next battleground for them. Uh, April 22, 158 delegates at stake. We've got to have new trade policies before we have new trade deals, and that includes no trade deal with Colombia while violence against trade unions continues in that country, she said while campaigning last week. I'll bet you Bubba just slaps the crap out of her next time uh, he's anywhere near that bitch. A lot of cash coming in for Bubba, you know what? Yep. The Columbia Trade Pact isn't the first issue that's caused the Clintons to butt heads. Clinton grabbed headlines earlier this week when she called on President Bush to skip the opening ceremonies of this year's Olympic Games in Beijing, a move that revived memories of what her team considers one of her finest foreign policy moments, her speech in that city as First Lady challenging the Chinese government on its women's rights record. In fact, the senator's... Get tough policy on China on a host of issues has been one of the hallmarks of her presidential run since it began. Bill Clinton took aim at the Chinese government over human rights during his first White House run, but removed human rights standards from China's most favored nation requirements and became the first U.S. president to visit the country since the Tiananmen Square crackdown. Both moves drew sharp criticism from those within the party who believed, as Clinton herself does, the greater public pressure was needed to bring about reform in China. And the senators repeatedly insisted she's always been a fierce opponent of NAFTA, even though we know it's a lie, and she was one of those who was peddling it, along with Bubba, nevertheless. She just thinks everybody's got old-timers like McCain, you know. Oh, remember that? I was uh, against it after I was for it, and then uh, I was against it again, and then I was for it for a little while, and now I'm against it. Right. Oh, there's uh, Ari, uh, what's his name? Sure. Uh, Felching. Just responded that if, Ali Felching uh, the next president of the United States instructed him. Boy, look at her. At least she don't have the vest on. Oh, no, she does have a vest. Every day she's got a different vest on. Vest by test. That's Allie Felching on CNN. You know who's, uh, what, what the hell's her name? I, I forgot. Brown. Something Brown. Fudge Brown. Foxy Brown. Uh, they, they got all these bubbleheads. The NBC's got uh, one. 
which I can't think of either one of their names. Uh, they're just bubble-headed. They ask the most stupid questions, and they're talking to them. It's like Soledad doing that piece on, the, you know, on James Earl Ray. Soledad O'Brien. That would, that would be like the Beast doing a piece on, uh, on something. Anything? Anything serious. How's the Beast doing, by the way? Are they still talking, or did that executive order by Zach's uh, hold sway now? Is it holding sway back? Don't know. 75 votes on your new poll, and we got 1,000 on the first one. Boy, Chris is off and running with the good polls. This is not a bad one, in spite of what George says. Like, look at that. Just for one day, I'd like to be a female. 11 people say that. And some of them might even be female already, allegedly. <laughs> right. Maybe Janet Reno voted. Maybe the word is feminine. But that would not be good, because that implies like that. And we know all these people, even in San Francisco, trying to put out the flame. Doesn't that strike you as being a little bit uh, incongruous? In Congress. In Congress? When he asked an Iraqi official. Oh, they're hocking in China again. Carl Levin. Why is it that those bifocals? Don't you love guys that wear the, like the bifocals down over the tip of their nose? Of course, he's got that big Jewish nose, so that's a good thing for him. Otherwise, the bifocals would probably fall in the flow, and that's not good. See, so those people who knock big noses, it's sometimes good to have a big schnoz. Right? All right, especially if you do a lot of coke. <laughs> Now, why would you need a, a big nose to do a lot of coke? Well, you could put more coke up in there. Yeah, well, that's faster. true. You don't have to lean as far down towards the mirror when you've got a big nose. I it's see. like an aardvark. And you can stick the whole razor blade in there, too, and kind of clean it out. 77. Oh, I love it when we get 77 votes on the pool, because then I can play that thing. WABC! Yeah, with Chubby's Checkers. I wonder if they're still in business, Chubby Checkers. I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to call up Chubby Checker. I don't want to eat those grapes, though. Right. Oh, I like grapes, but grapes are our carbs, you know. Right. They're delicious carbs that are worth cheating on. I'm going to tell you something. If I don't get my blood sugar down, I'm going to be blind. I'm going to be amputated. I'm going, going to be take dead. your leg. Yeah, then that's right. Both of them. Sore your legs off. I'm just telling you right now. It's been months since my blood sugar has been anywhere near what it needs to be. Do us all a favor, would you? What's that? Cut the crap. Can I get it down there one day? Get it down. Just this one time. But that means no crap today. No ice cream, no candy. That's and you're right. the one who keeps talking, talking about it. those mallow cups. Yeah, I'm the one. Wasn't it him, Chris, that brought up how they still make them and how delicious they are? And they got that marshmallow the inside. Mm. They make them with poison mellows. Mm. That poison. Why do they have like worms inside? The sports leader. Still be around and go 
Yeah, she sure is shrill. You're right. Anyway, this poll that somebody sent in, I, this is uh, ain't gonna fly with me. No. Nope. You like this poll? As much as any other, I guess. As a follow-up to the best movie line, what's your favorite line from a TV show or series? I, I don't think there's such a thing. Obviously, they've got a lot who, of suggestions who on there. lines from TV shows? People. People? I kiss my grits. I remember people were saying that for a while after that. Yeah, Alice. kiss my ass. No soup for you, Seinfeld. Yeah. Kiss my grits, Alice. Mm -hmm. Seriously, Grey's Anatomy. Who loves you, baby? Kojak. Right. What you talking about, Willis? Different right. strokes. People say Who says that? People. Actually, what yeah, you talking about, Willis? Yep. Yeah. I know you don't get around, and you know you don't talk to anybody or know anybody or speak to anybody, but nevertheless, people do that. Any Americans, I should say. <laughs> and you know what? Thank God. I guess. Dynamite. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I'm oh. coming, Elizabeth. This is the big one, Sanford and the Sun. Mm -hmm. I'm not touching that line. <laughs> How are you doing from friends? Yesterday was a very good year for MASH. Many more it says to be supplied. No, I don't like it. All right. I don't. What? Whatever. Well, I'll, I'll, put, I'll put it down here at the bottom in case one right. day I'm going to be really, really, really desperate. Now, here's something we really need. Look how she sleeps with the fishes. We needed this like a lochen cup, like they say in China. Somebody sends this and says, it's a minor point of interest, very minor. Since every book turned film goes to revisions, in the original Godfather novel, which, by the way, the book was better than the movie, I know a lot of people don't believe that's possible. Trust me when I tell you, the book they was better. I always say better. that. You know what? I still ain't going to read it. I don't care whether you read it or not. I'm not trying to look. You haven't got no, time to read it. Right, exactly. You don't have enough coherent time in your life to be reading no books. There's no question. In the original Godfather novel, it is Tom Hagen who knows what the Sicilian message is, and Michael, not Sonny, who asks what the rap fish means. And Clemenza and Tessio both have lines that relate to that specific verbal exchange. There was a loud, this is from the book. There was a loud murmur of voices in the kitchen. Clemenza went out to see what was happening. When he came back, he was holding Luca Brasi's bullet, bulletproof vest in his hands. Wrapped in the vest was a huge dead fish. See, in the movie, it's Tessio that goes out and brings it back. Clemenza's sitting there on his ass. Clemenza said dryly, the Turk has heard about his spy, Pauli Gatto. Tessio said just as dryly, and now we know about Luca Brasi. Sonny lit a cigar, took a shot of whiskey. Michael, bewildered, said, What the hell does that fish mean? It was Hagen, the Irisher, the consigliere, who answered him. The fish means that Luca Brasi is sleeping on the bottom of the ocean. He said it's an old Sicilian message. So in the book, it's Tom Hagen who says, Luca Brasi sleeps with the fishes. Okay. Now, I think we can safely conclude that it's not Tom Hagen in the movie who says, Luca Brasi sleeps with the fishes. Unless all of a sudden no. he's had like a voice change or like no, a body change right. or something like that. Our Kraut McFriend does not say... Luca Brasi sleeps with the fishes. So now we've got, you know, 85 different versions of it. <laughs> Might as well use it. We've got it. Swillery cackles. Oh, my God. What? She just annoys the hell out of me. I don't want to sound like I'm, you know, picking on her, but I am. She annoys the hell out of me. She annoys the... Speaking of drugs which you were earlier, and I have no idea why. This is supposed to be a family show right here in the middle of the day when the kids are all yeah. in school. We can talk about whatever we want. We're safe. Not in the summertime, though, when you're on. Mm -hmm. You better think about that this summer when I have my sp uh, splendid uh, summer schedule. You yeah. better think about that. What? 
that when you're on in the midday subbing uh, for me or whatever you want to call it on those Monday, Wednesday, and Friday shows, that there are kids out of school listening. They don't want to hear you talking about smoking the Herald. <laughs> Little kids. I'm not talking about you know, yeah. like 11 Oh, 12, yeah, all the little kids right listen to this show. Little, little kids, kids listen like to talk radio, yeah. Oh, yeah. You tell me that five and six-year-olds are smoking dope? Talk you radio wish. Station. You oh, wish. Because yeah. then you'd probably buy some <laughs> from them. Oh, and speaking of that, here we go. I have a great accidental lead-in. On websites touting the mind-blowing powers of salvia divinorum, Come on, to buy the hallucinogenic herb are accompanied by warnings. Time is running out. Stock up while you still can. Have you heard of that? I would imagine. Yeah, we talked about it. I haven't tried it. Don't have no interest. You talked about it? With yeah. whom? The audience and people. And what do they say? Some have tried it and some have not. Probably some people say saliva. Divine yes, rum. sure. I've made that joke. It wasn't a joke. Oh, it wasn't? That's because this species of, saliva, of salvia is being targeted by lawmakers concerned that the inexpensive and easy-to-obtain plant could become the next marijuana. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Eight states, including Illinois, have placed restrictions on salvia divinorum, and 16 others considering a ban or have previously. Now, what's that bit called The uh, that from the movie from... Um, Which oh, one? Cranola. The marijuana movie. Which bit? That bit where he's going on about, the, it's, it's not really a bit, it's a, an excerpt from the movie. He's going on about the evils of marijuana. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, oh it's from uh, Reefer Madness. It should Reefer be Madness, very good. See? You, I mean, if you, if you and all come the school-parent groups about the country, and you, must, you, and you and all the school-parent groups about the country, <laughs> and you must stand united on this and stamp out this frightful assassin of our youth. You can do it by bringing about compulsory education on the subject of narcotics in general, the dread marijuana in particular. Right, the dread marijuana. As soon as we start making one drug illegal, kids start looking around for other drugs they can buy legally. This is just the next one, said Florida State Representative Mary Brandenburg, who's introduced a bill to make possession of salvia divinorme felony punishable by up to five years in prison. Oh! Five years in prison for salvia divinorum. I think I'm going to start growing it on my balcony here. On January 1, Salvia Divinorum became a Schedule One substance in Illinois. Possession or sale is a felony with legal consequences as severe as those for heroin or LSD. Acid. Some say legislators are overreacting to a minor problem, but no one disputes that the plant impairs judgment and the ability to drive. Oh, that must explain. There must be a lot of it here. Maybe that's why they drive like they do. Oh, my God, you have never, even in sunrise, you've never seen so many people driving so slow, so slow, like, Jesus. Yeah, like many Chinamon, man. Huh. Native to Mexico and still grown there. Oh, see, all the, all the wild stuff is in Mexico. I know that. Trust me. Salvia divinorum generally is smoked, but can be chewed or made into a tea and drank, although it says here, and drunk. <laughs> it can made, be made into a tea and drunk. Drunk is a skunk. Nobody speaks English right anymore. Called Sally D, Magic Mint, and Diviner Sage, this species of salvia is a hallucinogen that gives out users an out-of-body sense of traveling through time and space or merging with inanimate objects, like the guy who was banging the um, picnic table. Remember that last week, uh, Chris? Yep. That British guy who was uh, screwing a picnic table. Yeah, really scary. Unlike hallucinogens such as LSD or PCB, salvia's effects last for a shorter time, generally up to an hour. Salvia divinorum is not one of the many varieties of ornamental garden plants known as salvia. No known deaths have been attributed to salvia's use, but it was listed as a factor in one Delaware teen's suicide two years ago. 
parents, I would say, are pretty clueless, said Jonathan Appel, an assistant professor of psychology and criminal justice at Tiffin University in Ohio, who studied the plant's emergence. It's much more powerful than marijuana. Better get you some, George. That's all right. I'm good. Salvia's short-lasting effects and the fact that it is currently legal make it seem more appealing to teens, lawmakers say. It's hard to say how widespread the use of salvia is. A study by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services found that just under 2% of people age 18 to 25 surveyed in 2006 reported using salvia in the past year, and the other 98% want to know where to get some. Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. God, your breasts are beautiful. I filled my tank up. How was I to know I'd be helping finance 9-11 by giving money to Unical or Abaco and the Carlisle Group? I turned my lights on last night. How was I to know I was paying James Baker's green fees? I make two do today. How was I to know I was providing bathwater to the Middle East? Well... Every time you light a marijuana cigarette, you're helping to finance Romulan overlords and breaking the law based on the old movie Reefer Madness. Little children is the scourge of all mankind. I just smoked a reefer joint. Now I'm quite bad, you know. For now, I will jump out this window. This message paid for by the Committee to Keep America in the Dark Ages. And they're doing a hell of a good job. But oh, one more thing on that story about the um, saliva. Salvia. See about your saliva. Among those who believe the commotion over the drug is overblown is Rick Doblin of the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. Woo! What do you do? I work with the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, a nonprofit group that researches psychedelic drugs aims to develop psychedelics and marijuana into prescription medication. Dublin said Selby is not a party drug. It tastes terrible, and it's not going to be extremely popular. He doubts that teens are its main users and says older users are more likely. It's a minor drug in the world of psychedelics, he'd be saying. Well, don't you feel better now? No, I feel as indifferent as I used to. Well, wouldn't you want to try it? No. Why not? I've uh, done my research, and it's not for me. Well, how do you know that? How do you know what's for you and what's not? That's like saying that's like that's like Chris saying he don't want liver and onions because he's scared of trying it. I have my uh, drug using policies and I stick to them. And it's, very, it's dangerous. I proceed it's very carefully and cautiously, and only when it sounds like something that I'd be interested in doing, and it does not. So no thank you. You mean like like I'd I'm be interested good. in doing Stephen Strait from that movie, The something Covenant, like that? Yes. Mm. Interested doesn't come close to describing. Interested, like obsessed, like sick with uh, desire. And I got news for you. My stage of my life, if I'm sick for desire with anything that's moving or not, it's uh, it's got to be pretty good. Anyway, don't forget to go see George. He he won't be uh, moving much, but he'll be sitting around on his ass at Gulfstream ten to two Friday. Well, we got a big week coming up tomorrow. We got our two for one deal. It's Thursday. Mm-hmm. Friday we got our Gulfstream uh, extravaganza. Now, what are you going to be doing, like once a month or once every couple of weeks? Well, it's the uh, the Derby stuff is going on right now, so they're uh, doing it more than they normally would. That means would. Uh, the first Saturday in May, we'll be talking to, on Friday, we'll be talking to Dave Johnson. I know he's retired, but is he still talking to us or yeah, what? Yeah, I remember. He called anyway. That's how you found out. I found out what? That he was retired from him doing one of those calls. Yeah, but do you believe that? Of course I do. Why would he lie? He has made more money, man. That guy, in fact, when you, when you talk to him this time, tell me you want a loan. Tell him, give me, send me two, three million. I don't want a loan. Sure. I don't want a loan. A gift? Sure, that'll do. <laughs> well, tell me you want a gift like the one that uh, Rick uh, Roshan got from Wayne. 
Join George this Saturday also. Not just enough he's going to be a Gulfstream tenant to do, but Saturday, 10 to noon, for the grand reopening of CompUSA, 1740 North Federal Highway in Fort Lauderdale. Come by for great savings on all your computer needs and to win some cool, it says here, QM prizes. Cool prizes. <laughs> Anybody believe that? No. Well, some QM stuff. CompUSA is back. Go see George Saturday, 10 to noon. Now, where's that? Uh, North Federal in Fort Lauderdale. Right. No. Well, that's right, near where some of your people are, some of your fans. Mm-hmm. I don't want to mention any names. Who? I don't know. Isn't Fort Lauderdale where some of your um, chronics oh, are? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those fans. Yeah. So maybe we can do a doubleheader this weekend. Go see oh, Georgia Gulfstream Friday, and then go see him again Saturday and say, boy, I think you had seen you yesterday. <laughs> uh, yeah. And see which one of George's guns is really loaded this week. One of these days. One of these days. Speaking of that guy who died and you didn't want to talk about it, I find it, it's, it's just another example of the way the, the media reports things. I mean, they show the picture of the guy, and I know you don't care about this, but I'm just telling you, it's a news story. The guy looked to me like he was maybe in late 20s, early 30s, oldest, maybe 35, at the tops, okay? Senior Al-Qaeda planner, Obadiah, Jebediah, maybe he's Kendall. Jebediah. Obida al-Masri, considered a key suspect in the 2005 London subway and bus bombings and a foil 2006 plot. And that's not the name, by the way, they had on CNN. I hate to break the news to you. That's not even close to the name they had. Is believed to have died, a U.S. official said today. The sense is that he is dead, the official said, speaking on condition of anonymity. McClatchy newspapers reported that Masri died of hepatitis in Pakistan. The official said Masri appeared to have died of natural causes. Oh, I see. So at least we've got a cause. Hepatitis. Bad liver. Maybe that's going to be Chris's next meal. Al-Masri's liver. No, thank you. With bacon and onions and, oh, man, cooked nice and well done. Right. I mean, that's one thing about liver. There's no such thing as ordering liver like rare or medium or like medium. Oh, God. Order it nice and well done. Nice and dark brown. Fudge brown. He was a major operational figure, the U.S. official said of Al-Masri, a pseudonym. What does that mean? A pseudonym? No, I know what the word means, but what, what does that line mean? I, I guess that wasn't his real name. He confirmed that Masri was suspected in a plot to blow up airliners over the Atlantic. The Washington Post in 2006 also said he was believed to be Al-Qaeda's conduit to British Pakistani cells that carried out the July 7, 2005 public transit bombings, which killed 56 people in London. He was someone who had ties to operations out of the South Asia region. region. Al-Qaeda lost something when this man died, the U.S. official said. He said, however, they do have a regenerative capability. He declined to discuss Masri's whereabouts when he died. Much of Al-Qaeda's key leadership is believed to be holed up in remote areas of Pakistan near the Afghan border. You know our good friends, the Pakis? They're packing them in, man. They're packing all the terrorists in there for housekeeping, for safekeeping. Masri been reported killed in a 2006 missile strike in Pakistan, and later that year escaped another missile strike in different Pakistani villages. He's got uh, had more lives than a cat, but now he's uh, lived his last one, I guess. Al Masri. Yeah, they had his other name on there on CNN. So he's got a bunch of names, you know. There's one thing I can't stand. Oh God! People would like a whole bunch of names. Like you, like your people, man. With the 85 names. Well, when you only got five. Every time to I have from. to make a plane reservation for Paco or one of his friends, it's like. Oh, it's like uh, uh, Ramir, Eduardo, uh, Nunez, uh, Sanchez, Pacabuzes, uh, uh, Schwartz. Makes it easy to figure out who you're related to. Is that what that's all about? Yeah. Well, you must have a lot of relatives, I guess, huh? You know it. What that you aren't would you want to be for a day? 
is our poll. I think it's pretty uh, not bad. For Charlie B, it's sensational. Nice going, Charlie. Good comeback. Maybe he regenerated his batteries when he was in Europe those two months. He recharged his battery. And speaking of that, that thing is uh, on the floor. It's nice and quiet. It's going to last us forever. And then that's the uh, when the power goes out. But that thing only lasts for, what, like an hour and a half? It depends. The more expensive they are, the longer they last. You know. Well, this goes. one was like about... Four hundred bucks. Uh, so maybe it'll last a few hours. Oh no, it was hundred and eighty bucks. Lasts okay. about two minutes. And it depends on, of course, what well, how much is running right, through it. Yeah. What you're uh, drawing. What you're it pulling. depends on what. How much juice you're pulling. Oh well, it's running everything in here, man. How much juice you're pulling? Yeah, I got a good line for that. I bet you do. I set you up. Um, for it. it's running everything, I believe. Well, well I got two plugs plugged in the back of it, and it's plugged into the wall. Now, like I asked. Uh, Eric, a stupid question. I mean, I know the answer, obviously. I could plug those two things into the wall and bypass that unit. Yeah, but you don't want to. And then, but then, of course, if the power ever goes out, then everything yeah, goes out. What do you mean I don't want to? Why? It defeats the whole purpose of having that thing, if you do that. But then, the, then those batteries might last for, like, 50 years. I'll still be on here in 50 years doing this show. Mm-hmm. You won't. You'll be dead oh, by no, then, but right. I, I'm going to be living forever. You'll see. Well, start drinking. At least another week. Okay, what would you rather be uh, for a day that you aren't now? Rich, 73. Young, 17. How about young and rich? Mm. Female, 15. <laughs> Uncut, 7. Black, 6. Gay, 4. Male, 3. Jewish, 1. Now, that was your idea. Why would anybody who isn't Jewish want to be Jewish? Why not? You don't have to be Jewish to eat deli. I know. Well, so what would be what, what would be different? All those uh, days off. All those days off, right? You can get a day off you never had. What before. day off do I have then, that, um, that Goyim don't have off? You can go to somebody's bar mitzvah and uh, you know and eat. Goyim can do the same thing. You don't have to be Jewish to go to somebody's bar mitzvah. Are you crazy? Twenty you days of presence in a row. That's right. Twelve. Showbiz Thank connection you. just for a day. You get connected in show business and then you're not look at this. Circumcised one. That's right. Straight one. Latin one. Oh, you, you got Eric by the short hairs, man. He took the O right, off. I told him I, to. Even after I played that bit, I want to be a Latino. Listen, I mean, that's just because a bunch of don't improve anything. Oh, improve anything. Just because a bunch of greaseballs like to identify themselves Latin as such, one, and just because a bunch one, of gringos decided to repeat them doesn't make it correct none. English. Anglo none. Now it's interesting. Leave it to me to look at the uh, penis ones. Of course. Uncut seven and circumcised only one. Now, why do you think that is? I, I don't know. Maybe that's what Shaq talks about Maybe when he talks about see. that icy hot sleeve. Mm -hmm. Maybe they want to see what it's all about. Maybe that's the sleeve he's talking about. You know, and he does those spots for icy hot sleeve. Is he still doing those spots? I sure hope not. I don't want to see him no more with that gigantic head. God, has he got a huge head. Almost as big as Lou Dobbs. Have you ever seen Lou Dobbs? His head takes up the whole screen. It's a very big head. That's Screaming the Screaming and big wailing. Neck. and yeah, The middle class, the destruction of the middle class, and the illegal right. aliens right. and all he's those right. Mexicans he's except right. Lou's wife. And, he's right. Oh, just hysteria. I'm not saying he's wrong, but my God. Oh, and they did a poll. I guess it was on IOD. Maybe uh, Dave Lamont with his farts. Because uh, somebody, I think Petey Lenny, somebody, and then a fat boy emailed it to me a few days ago. Uh, who's the angriest man in South Florida? I want hands down your pants. I'm going to try to find that. Did you see it? No. I had like 86% of the votes. Angry. What? Me angry? Since when? Biggest names. Just because I work here and in this market? Sports Radio 560 QAM. And I'm a crazy person? One to two hours. 
We're going to have a great time, guys. Four friends decided to vacation in Mexico. Mayan ruins. we got to see that. To experience the culture of another country. But sometimes the most planned out vacation can go wrong. Where's Matt? Matt! He was here a minute ago. What was that? Jesus! How about another courtesy flush? Oh! Larry! Oh! God! Don't move too fast. Don't breathe too heavy. <coughs> and whatever you do, when in Mexico, don't drink oh. the water. Now playing in the Flushing Meadows. Okay, one o'clock. Now there was a little something in there, just a little tiny something, you know. What? I don't know. Okay, I didn't hear anything. Well, I monitored it before I played it because I was afraid it was going to be like a loud burst of, like the bombs bursting in air. Right. Like that. Yeah. The air. So bombs. Sean from Hollywood, I guess uh, you know you and he are bonding pretty good now. We're chums. Has got two more uh, good pulls here, good ones. Although the first one you won't like because you don't like sports. What's the most exciting play in sports? That's not a bad pull. And we have to add on there, I don't like sports. I hate sports. I'm like George. I'm a party pooper. Or, but I do like the other one. What movie scene was the most disturbing? And here's the list that he's got. Man rape and deliverance. Cop torture and reservoir dogs. You keep telling me don't see that movie and I won't. Right. Have you seen it, Chris? Yep. And? Mr. Pink. Well, okay, what does movie. that mean? It's it's in the movie. It's, they're all like Mr. Pink, Mr. White. And that that wasn't the question. Should it's I okay movie. I mean, it's a... Um... The question is, will Neil like it? Probably not. Question. Midnight no. Express, Oh Billy, Naked Hotel Fight, Borat, Hobbling in Misery. Uh, that's, I mean, that's... Uh, you know, uh, well, listen, player. it was disturbing, trust me. Was it? It irked me. What do you mean, trust me? Like, I haven't seen that movie like ten times? No, it irked me. Trust me that it had an effect on oh, me. Oh, come on. Spider Walk in The Exorcist, where she goes back. Oh, now wait a minute. I'm confused now. The Stone Staircase Fall in The Exorcist. That's right. the one I was thinking of. What's the Spider Walk? In the they, you know, they re-released the movie, if you recall, and they yes. added scenes. I got it. They added scenes that they had uh, not put in the original one, and she mm-hmm. walks backwards down the stairs. Right. That's what. Well, that's what I thought that was. Right. Then what's the Stone Staircase? Oh, that's right. That's when uh, whatever. Yeah, he goes or and also yeah. also uh, back over ass. Yes. Rifke's tongue in Midnight Express. Kid hides from the Nazis in Schindler's List. The cornfield in Casino. The clutter murders in Cold Blood. The gallows in Cold Blood. Escape from Posse, Bonnie and Clyde. Mother explains it all to Manchurian Candidate. Tucking in the children, Titanic. Mother dragged away, Dumbo. Bayonet stabbing and saving private Ryan's privates. Russian roulette, deer hunter. Is that my daughter, Mystic River? And stung up, uh, strung up by Chesky and a man called Horse. What about when... Um, What's his name? Hannibal Lecter uh, eats the guy's uh, flesh, uh, his skin off his face. We actually saw that? Well, no, you don't see it. Oh, well, then how could it be a scene? Disturbing. Well, there's so many of them. What about, well, see, I don't know if disturbing or scary, not the same thing, right? Right. Like, for example, in When a Stranger Calls, and she picks up the phone, have you checked the children? That's disturbing, isn't it? Or is that just scary? Have you checked the children? It's scary. Oh. Okay, so that, that's another pool. Scariest moment in any movie. 
Anyway, we got we got pulls up the old uh, earlobe now. We got many pulls. That's good. Whew, I feel I feel relieved now. Maybe that's that Joyce I did last hour. Every now and then uh, something like that happens. It just shocks the hell out of you, you know. Like, oh gee, how? Why am I doing this again? You know. Don't you ever have that happen? Like, how come this is going on again? I mean, usually I, you you know yeah, when you're doing right. a lot of rejoicing and rejoicing. Right. No. As a matter of fact, I had that feeling. I think I'm going to have an encore. Really? Maybe before the show. Encore performance, baby. That's right. York, Pennsylvania. Wait till you hear this grotesque story. A two-year-old girl died after being beaten with a video game controller by her mother's boyfriend, police said yesterday. Darisabel Baez's mother overheard the beating Sunday, but didn't do anything until she realized the girl was unconscious, police said. Darisabel Baez. The girl was pronounced dead late Monday at Hershey Medical Center. Homicide was added to list of charges against Harv L. Johnson Tuesday. He was already in jail on counts including aggravated assault and reckless endangerment. Sounds like a nice guy. The girl's mother, Nida E. Baez, was charged with endangering the welfare of a child. It was clear what the girl's name was, Derisabelle. Well, it doesn't make any difference what it is now. She's still dead. It was clear from the bruises and other injuries on the little girl's body that Sunday wasn't the first time she'd been abused. Dauphin County Coroner Graham Hetrick told WGAL-TV he said it was one of the worst cases of child abuse he'd ever seen. That's D-A-U-P-H-I-N. Dauphin, like Hank used to call the Dauphins. Remember that? The Humper? Yeah. How's Humper doing, Chris? Um, I don't know. Baez 19 called for an ambulance Sunday and said Johnson had brought the unconscious child to her limp and went from an attempt to revive her in a bathtub. Johnson, 26, acknowledged beating the girl with a video game controller, but didn't say why. Baez said Johnson had abused the girl in the past. She heard the girl scream after Johnson beat her on Sunday. She sounds like a hell of an upstanding mother, doesn't she, to you? Oh, yeah. Bitch. Detective Dana Ward said Baez was charged because she didn't intervene or try to get help for her to Isabel. Johnson and Baez remained in custody Tuesday. His bail was set at 200 grand. Hers, 25 grand. Through police, family members declined requests for interviews. Court officials said they didn't know whether Johnson and Bias had lawyers to speak for them. Yeah, I'll speak for them. Shoot them both. Well, there's the American thing again. 850 more flights canceled today. If you want to fly, don't fly American these days. I don't. I don't fly that anyway. Have you ever, have you ever driven by the American terminal? I, don't, I forget which one, one it is in Miami. I must have. Just so driven by it all the time. Yeah. And it's always chaos. And some people would say, well, that's because it's so popular and they fly to so many places. But that's not where the chaos ends, outside. Inside, it's chaos. Boarding the plane, no matter where you're going, is chaos. Not to mention, of course, that it's the terrorist airline of choice. But nevertheless, you, you go ahead and you fly it. No, thanks. Shoe fly pie. I know we looked that up on Apple Pan Dowdy and shoe fly pie. It's been a long time since we messed with that. Mm-hmm. Apple pan, dowdy, and shoe fly pie. I bet you Chris would like that. Oh, and guess what? They have a pie called bumbleberry pie. They do? I had some here a couple days ago. I never heard of it. I had it. It was not that I should be eating that, but it was delicious. Man, what are bumbleberries? You want to Google it? There's really okay, such a thing as a bumbleberry. There's a bumblebee, and then there's a, maybe there's a bee in your bonnet, and you ought to do a little number on it. Bumbleberry, just spelled just like it sounds. You got it? He's looking. Looking. I got more important things to do right now. Like what? Not a Joyce. Like, no, like playing this tune, yeah. No. Yeah, they are real berries. What is it? It's a real berry. Um, let me try and find out where it's from. Right? It's a real berry. Yep. You fairy. Right. And apple pan. Is that dinosaur? Sure enough. 
Yeah, we've been through that. Okay, before. it's not a type of berry. It's um, it? a word made up to describe a random mix of berries uh-huh. used in a dish. Really? So in other words, there is no such thing as a bumbleberry in that pie. It's got like probably uh, raspberries and strawberries and blueberries, blueberries and, yeah. and yep. poison berries, stuff like that. Well, I do like, and you know what? What are those little berries that they have in uh, Denmark? They use them a lot. And, uh, you know, the little red berries are really tiny. Currants. Currants, very good. Very, very good. Let's give some points to George here. Props for the old man. It's a made-up word to describe a random mix of berries used in a dish, such as a pie. It's usually right. a mixture of berries that are in season, mm. ones that you might bumble upon. It so happened to be the berries Bumble most upon or something. Why don't they call it stumbleberry pie? Well, it says bumble. That would be better. Um, berries in need of using at that point in time. You can even use frozen berries to create a bumbleberry mixture. Mm-hmm. Well, I bet you in Fahoki they got some great stumbleberry pie. <laughs> oh. There are certain things that you just, I mean, that was 33 years ago. I was uh, broadcasting high school football for WJNO West Palm, and we went and did a, uh, I forget what school it was in West Palm Beach, but they were, whatever school it was, Sunset or some whatever high school, they were playing Pahokee High in Pahokee. You ain't lived until you've been in Pahokee, baby, and also Okeechobee. You talk about rednecks. Boy, there's a few rednecks in them places. And anyway, so we got to Pahokee in time for dinner. And we went to the diner, had a little like a burger or something, and we wanted to know what they had for dessert. And she said, we got cherry pie and blueberry pie. And no, they were like pie? frozen. They were no. like free, yeah, punky pie. Apple they were pie. frozen Trombe. from like 80 years ago, you know. From from like when back when Pahokee was just a little podunk town. <laughs> back in those days. Frozen. And, like, you know, just barely thought out. And uh, not so good. We got that blueberry pie. Yeah, maybe they had that stumbleberry pie. That was, that was the diner. It was the only place to eat in the pokey back then, back in the day. Oh, by the way. Yes? Since you're into ice cream. Oh, no. Don't do it. I'm going to give you a bad recommendation. Yeah. Just in case you're ever curious. Cause the wife ben and Jerry's. Because I like key lime pie, since you're talking about pie. Oh, I, I love key lime pie. I love key lime pie. So when you see key lime pie ice cream, of course, you wonder, hey, this sounds good, right? Guess now, what? Who, makes it? who made it? I forgot. Well, where'd you find it? Where'd you I, eat I it? didn't. The wife found it at Publix somewhere, so it was either a, you know, a Briars or one of those things. I don't know. I'll check when we get home. It's still there. It's probably going to stay there until we throw it away. Yeah. Good idea. Poor execution. Like, like all those ice cream, uh, those right. candy bar ice cream. Uh-huh. And Briars makes a lot of those, and uh, most of them, uh, other than that turtle, most of them suck. And they sound like Snickers ice cream. How bad could a Snickers ice cream uh, be, you know? Right. Sucks. M&M, M&M ice cream. Fat. Here they got Smarties ice cream. Fat. Fooey. Blah. Doug Thompson says maybe it's not worth it. This article is, um, it's, it's, he, you know, he's great, and he writes, he tells it like it is, and I love him to death, and I read a lot of his stuff on the air. But he's like, uh, he's always on the verge of, like, throwing in the towel, you know what I mean? And I understand where he's coming from, because yeah. nothing he writes or nothing that I say or read or anybody is going to change the world. But it's just, he's always, uh, when I finish reading his columns, I feel like killing myself, you know. Or maybe just hopping in the car and going to Niagara Falls. Thank you all my name. That's what I feel This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. There's no fact in, in the church. Stick it to the ticket. And play some Wilson Pickett. And grab George by the ass and kick it. 
My name is Barry. Sing like a fairy. Rectum. I write bad songs about romance. While I'm wearing spandex pants, I'm kind of shrimpy. My songs are wimpy. I had a series of big hits, but that was back in 76. Now no one wants to hear. They only laugh and sneer. They won't admit that they own my albums, because my songs are queer. Got a nose shape like a banana. My two fans both live in Montana. Got a nose shape like a banana. Up my nose, you can fit half of the city of Atlanta. I write the song. Seventeen at five sixty WQM. We got jerks coming up at two. Mad Dog from Augusta at the Masters at four o'clock, and then we got UM and uh, FAU baseball at six fifty-five tonight. Wow! Followed by the DA show, following UM baseball. Woo! So anyway, one of our friends um, on MySpace says people in South Florida can get Mallow Cup candy at Las Olas Chemist, twelve hundred one East Las Olas Boulevard in Fort Lauderdale. It says Mark the pharmacist is super cool and carries retro candy. Got it? Got it. Los Olas Chemist. Now, you're probably thinking you want to go there for something besides candy. No, I'm not thinking I'm going there at all. If I want candy, I'll go to well, Jackson's. Why not? I'll go to Jackson's Park. Well, for Mallow Cup? Have right. they got Mallow Cups yeah, there? they've got everything there. It's insane. Not to mention good food. Well, I can't go there unless yeah. I get that blood sugar. No. Now, you already told me i got to get it down by the Yeah, morning. that's right. Get it together, old man. <laughs> Come on, Pops. You can do it. Oh. Before we get to that depressing Doug Thompson column, and I kill myself. Florida teachers could freely mention religious theories about the origin of humankind, including creationism and intelligent design, along with evolution, without fearing retribution under a measure that passed a key Senate committee yesterday, despite sharp opposition from South Florida lawmakers. The Evolution Academic Freedom Act was approved 7-3 by the Senate Judiciary Committee and now goes to the full Senate for consideration, although no dates yet been set. The measure waits its first hearing in the House. Senator Rhonda Storms, Republican of Valrico, said she filed the bill after hearing cases of students and teachers who felt muzzled and unable to discuss alternative theories on the origin of life in the classroom. She said teachers have suffered retribution from school authorities and students have been the target of denigrating comments from other teachers. While the measure doesn't allow any teacher to promote a specific religious doctrine, you can hold your own religious views without being attacked for it, Storm said. It promotes the free flow of ideas. Right, it promotes the brainwashing of the kids with a bunch of fairy tales, bubble mice. That's exactly what you Farbison are going on. Am I right? Yes. Yes. Brainwashing, baby. That's the only way you can get to them. Brainwashing, especially while they're young. Doug Thompson says maybe it's not worth it. 
What do you think? Is it worth it? It's not worth it. I'll tell you how much it's worth. Eight bucks. He says, it's dark outside when I make the first pot of coffee for the day and venture into the dentist. I work on each day's edition of Capitol Hill Blue. Yeah, I know this is the Internet where news is a 24-7 cycle, and we're supposed to be updating things around the clock. But I'm an old newspaper man who started his career pounding hard on a manual Underwood typewriter, so the output would show up on the last page of a three-page carbon pack. I worked the police beat on a daily uh, basis in Roanoke, Virginia back then, went in at 6 p.m., wrote my last copy just in time for the final city edition at 3 a.m. Nowadays, news is instantaneous, posted at the speed of megabits on news sites, broadcast sites, and blogs. Everybody rushes about to be the first online with the latest, be it an important story on Capitol Hill or the latest shenanigans of a drugged-up celebrity. News organizations pour millions into their websites. Many have separate staffs that produce web-only content that often scoops the print edition. Blogs are no longer the province of an antisocial geek working in his or her pajamas. Huffington Post has got more than 50 full-time paid employees operating out of a loft in Soho. Those who try to compete as one-person operations find themselves losing sleep, time, and in some cases, their lives. Something to think about from the weekend New York Times. They work long hours, often to exhaustion. Many are paid by the piece, not garments, but blog posts. This is the digital era sweatshop. You may know it by a different name, Home. A growing workforce of home office laborers and entrepreneurs, armed with computers and smartphones and wired to the hilt, are toiling under great physical and emotional stress created by a round-the-clock Internet economy that demands a constant stream of news and comment. Of course, the bloggers can work elsewhere, and they profess a love of the nonstop action and perhaps the chance to create a global media outlet with a major upfront investment. At the same time, some are starting to wonder if something's gone very wrong. In the last few months, two among their ranks have died suddenly. Two weeks ago, in North Lauderdale, Florida, funeral services were held for Russell Shaw, a prolific blogger on technology subjects who died at 60 of a heart attack. In December, another tech blogger, Mark Orchant, died at 50 of a massive coronary. A third, Ahmet Malik, 41, survived a heart attack in December. Other bloggers complain of weight loss or gain, sleep disorders, exhaustion, other maladies, born of the nonstop strain of producing for a news and information cycle that's always on as the Internet. To be sure, there's no official diagnosis of death by blogging, and the premature demise of two people obviously doesn't qualify as an epidemic. There's also no certainty that the stress of work contributed to their deaths. But friends and family of the deceased and fellow information workers say those deaths have had them thinking about the dangers of their work style. The pressure even gets to those who work for themselves and are being well compensated for it. I haven't died yet, said Michael Arrington, founder and co-editor of TechCrunch, a popular technology blog. The site has brought in millions in advertising revenue, but there's been a hefty cost. Mr. Arrington said he's gained 30 pounds in the last three years, developed a severe sleeping disorder, and turned his home into an orifice for him and four employees. At some point, he says, I'll have a nervous breakdown and be admitted to the hospital or something else will happen. This is not sustainable, he said. Capitol Hill Blue is and always has been a volunteer labor of love. On the news side, I'm helped by three volunteer columnists who do a great job of providing extra much-needed perspective to the site. We have a talented team of volunteer moderators who run things at Reader Rant, our popular discussion forum. The rest falls on me. I review the stories, design the pages, post the articles, fix database problems, select photos, write headlines, decide story placement, tweak the servers to keep them running, and when time permits, write this column. Sounds like Eric, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Busy guy. Under a lot of stress. Capitol Hill Blue is updated each morning between 4 and 7 a.m., and I keep an eye on the news throughout the day, and add updates when necessary or possible. But I have other obligations. I cover news and shoot photos for our local paper here in Floyd, Virginia. I have a studio, a web hosting business, and a web design operation to run. Someone in the midst of all that, and I try to spend time with my wife and enjoy the country life that Amy and I came here to enjoy four years ago. The web is an impatient, hungry monster that requires constant feeding. 
We recently opened up the site to allow readers to blog. The result has been a mixed bag with a lot of work that I anticipated to correct technical errors, spelling and other problems. The jury is still out on the future of the reader blogs. And the jury is out on how much longer I can keep this up. My health isn't as great as it could be. I don't sleep as well as I once did. And frankly, I get tired of the bitching, moaning, and anger that dominates so much of the Internet today. I've been doing this for 13 and a half years. That's a long time. Maybe too long, says Doug Thompson. Oh, don't leave us, Dougie. What are we going to do then? I don't know, something else? Yeah, probably. Read something else. Well, you shouldn't put him down like that. He writes some good crap. Yeah, he does, and I'm a big fan, but I get his point. It is a lot of work, and Soros, and it's probably Yeah, well, what's the point? What are we accomplishing, huh? Paul's suggestion here from some listener, oh, this, these people at Maroonie Dodge, man, well, what's the story over there? Do they sell any cars? Do they do any work? I don't know. Have you noticed? And, and, and usually they're unsigned. It's that one guy, Ray, mm-hmm. over there is behind most of it. If I could relive one hour of my life, it would be, oh, I know what mine would be. Woo! But I'm not saying on the air. When I first met my spouse, when my first child was born, when I graduated high school or college, when I told my ex were through, the last hour I spent with my father or mother, oh, how, how uplifting that is. Mm-hmm. My wedding day, my wedding night, the last time I was with my best friend or an exotic vacation I was on. You like that pool or not? It's okay. Yeah, we haven't done that one yet. That's, a, that's an original one at least. Yeah. But don't you think that most people, if they were going to be honest, would have like some sexual experience in mind? Well, let's put that on there. What? Put that on there. We're not doing it right now. See what I mean? Pushy, man. Just relax. Well, we get to it eventually in a couple of months and a couple of years. Make it what you want it to be. What? You can make it what you want it to be. (laughs) And the poll, too. Yeah. 197 votes on the current poll. What that you aren't would you like to be for a day? How about Queen for a day with Jack Bailey? TV show long before your time. Not the Jack Bailey from Vernon Downs. The Jack Bailey with a mustache on TV. You could be Queen for a day. And I said, what do I need that? I'm Queen for a lifetime. I got you all beat. Rich 110, Young 26, Female 26, Uncut 11, Black 6, Male 5, Gay 5, Jewish 2, Circumcised 2, Appear, Straight two, Latin one, Latino, white one, old and Anglo, none. Old Anglo like me. Old oh, yeah. names, the best talent. Like the kid. Five sixty QAM. The sports leader. And a republic, baby. Only in Miami. Now from Washington, the McLaughlin Group. Featuring Eleanor Cliff, Jack Germond, and sitting in for Pat Buchanan, New York Giant Tiki Barber. Now, here's John McLaughlin. Issue 1, George W. Rings or Vault? Eleanor Cliff! Well, John, I'd have to say... Wrong! Jack Germond! Well, that's not an easy choice. Wrong! Tiki Barber! I'm going to have to say the vote. Wrong! Actual answer, floor exercise. That wasn't even a choice! Next issue, Al Gore. Favorite Broadway show. Bring in the noise, bring in the funk, or cats. Eleanor 
Algae, I think, just swallowed all. Well, John, I'd have to say. Wrong! Jackie, Jackie, big come on. Well, that's a very difficult choice. Wrong! Tiki Baba. I'm going to have to say red. Not a choice, Ricky Tiki Baba. You gave an answer last time that wasn't a choice. Wrong! Correct response. Cats. He loves them. Next issue. The cast of Big Brother should be murdered. How? Eleanor. Guillotine. Wrong. Check them off. Dynamite. Wrong. Tiki Baba. I don't think they should be tears. Wrong. Actual answer. Poison pudding. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, i tell you what, boy, I sure haven't seen that show in a long time. I wonder if all those old farts are still alive. Don't know. I know Elaine is still alive. Eleanor Cliff, she's still alive. Once in a while, she appears like on one of those MSNBC talking head the deals. Mm -hmm. Eleanor Cliff, do you I think you're swelling her? Uh-oh. Another fax. Yeah. Disturbing scene in the movie, a little kid getting shot in the foot in the city of God. Oh, yeah. That had <laughs> somebody, a lot of disturbing Somebody does, yeah, I was going to say. Which one? Do I have to take just one from that movie? Right. Okay, well, let me put that... Uh, How about the, the blank getting shot and the blank from blank in the city mm -hmm. of God? Yeah, there was a lot of shooting going on, even more shooting than the Peter North movie. Now, here's this thing you just faxed me, I guess, about that book is finally on the way. Mm-hmm. John Grachowski, the slot machine answer book, second edition, how they work, how they've changed, how to overcome the house advantage, and hopefully how to find a good machine, Mon. Right. Estimated arrival date, April 11th. That's exciting news to me because I was actually starting to doubt whether that book ever existed or was no, going no, to exist. No, of course it exists. You can go online and see all about it. John Grachowski, he writes this column in which he says nothing, which, you know, okay. I don't want to sound unge ungrateful for the... Uh, well, no, he's all over the uh, Google thing. If you Google John Grachowski, Casino City Times, um, Casino Answer Man, what's the name of the book? The slot machine answer. Oh, okay, I was just going to say, don't you have it there in front of you? My well, copy's I mean, in the yeah, fact I machine. Yeah, I have to search this. Yeah. What would, you make, what would make you write off a casino? What, what does that mean? I don't know the, oh, losing your ass there and never getting any play. That's very simple. Like Montreal. Getting no action. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's one thing if you get some action on there and, and you still lose your ass. But at least, you know, you realize that if you were at the right machines at the right time, you might have had a chance, as opposed to a place where they just keep taking the money, but they give nothing back. Look when I'm having a bad day at the track back in the day when I used to play the ponies all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'd say, do they have do they have cashing windows here or just the betting windows? Do they cash any tickets or just to print them out? Like that. Oh, you're going to cash a lot Friday. I hope so. Or, or not. I need it. So the book is on the way. Let me put that over here in my arm. That would be Friday. Ooh. Whoa, would that be exciting or what? And I'd be just in time to study for the weekend. You put it in the to toilet there. What? It's some nice toilet reading. No, that's not a toilet. Yeah, you're right, it is. Maybe I'll read it on the air for all the slot players, you know, all the Gulfstream oh, yeah, and Pompano and Seminole people, the hard rock folks. All the, uh, and I, I noticed John Grachowski had a column about some woman playing more than one machine at a time. I hate those people. It's one, th it's one thing if you go early in the morning like I do on the weekend when there's nobody there. Who was giving me crap about that? Chris and uh, Chris and somebody last week gave me a crap. Not me. Probably, Zach, because you're going at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning? No, not 3. At 5 or 6 in the morning. Not 3. Okay, I used to do that. that was right, what's the difference between 3 and 5 in the morning when it's that early? Because 3 in the morning on the weekend, there's still a lot of people there. You can't find a... The reason to go at 6, 7 in the morning or 5.30 is everybody is cleared out, so you can try all the different machines. Don't you get it? Don't I Don't you understand? Not. No. When you go, for example, Wheel of Fortune, I played the Dollar Wheel of Fortune. There's like 14 of them in a line against the wall, Woodbine. 
I know what you're saying. It's just the fact that you're getting up at 5 in the morning to go lose your money. I won 1200 Sunday morning. Saturday I broke even. Does that sound like I was losing my money? All right, and then this weekend you'll lose it then. You know something? There, there's nothing to me. There's nothing like somebody who's an expert on something that they know nothing about. Uh-huh. Okay. I, mean, I don't want to mention any names. I'm just, just thinking out loud, you know? People are experts on things they know little or nothing about. Hey, uh, you know, I've done the gambling, too, and like they say, Vegas wasn't built on uh, losing. On Vegas is a tourist trap, okay? Every, have, yeah, but every casino is like that. It's, just, it's the fact that you got up at like 5.30 in the morning to go to a casino. It's like, you know, what we didn't understand. Can I ask you? Can I ask you this question? Sure. George. Yeah. You remember the line in Godfather Three when Vincent brings in the bodyguards, the twins? Yeah. Yeah. And Connie says, "Are they as good as they look?" Yeah. Now there are many times I've seen young couples where the guy is really just smoldering, mm-hmm. and you know, and you're tempted. I, you would never say it, but you're tempted to say to the girlfriend, uh, "Is he as good as he looks?" You know what right. I mean? Is is Chris as dumb as he sounds? Um, I don't know how dumb he is. Are you going to say is he as dumb as he looks? No, no, not as he looks, as he seems. All right, well, George, getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning to go to a casino. Hey, I don't judge. I'm not judging. I just, you know, we I'm just telling you that if, if that's something you enjoy that's doing, that's right. what, what you want to do, that's, that's a good like, time to go. People do that to go fishing, which sounds more insane right. than going to a that's casino right. at 5 in the morning. I'd rather find me a good machine than get a, a trouser trout on a hook. Although, you, sure? you know. Depending on whose trouser trout it is. Rather have a good machine than go fishing. Yeah, good machine, man. Okay, whatever. I'll do whatever the hell I want to do. How do you like it? Probably sounds good. I got more than enough people giving me instructions on how to live my life. I sure as hell don't need a lumpy to do it. You know. Okay, I'm not going to give you any instructions on how to live your life. I was just commenting on what you did. Yeah. And I'm just commenting on your stupid comment. It's if, all good. If, if it gives you a better chance to win, isn't that when you want to go, or you want to go there to lose your money to make a contribution? Is that the idea? If you're going to go, make sure that you go when you're. It's too busy, and if you wind up being lucky enough to get one machine, it's better than a doornail, and you have to sit there for four hours losing your money, feeding, feeding, feeding. Jesus, God Almighty! Anyway, wait till there's some bad news. Can't wait. Climate change could send the price of beer rocketing. Because it might hamper the production of a key grain needed for the brew, the scientist is warned. Boy, Josh Cordes is going to have to get another grand, I guess, to buy more beer. Maybe George can give it to him, because I sure won't. No, thanks. Jim Salinger, a climate scientist at New Zealand's National Institute of Water and Atmospheric Research, said environmental changes will probably cause a decline in the production of malting barley in parts of New Zealand and Australia. Mr. Salinger told the Institute of Brewing and Distilling Convention it'll mean either there will be pubs without beer or the cost of beer will go up. Similar effects could be expected worldwide. Well, what are we going to do? That would be like telling me that there's not going to be any more Red Bull. You know, there's a can of Red Bull in my refrigerator. Well, it's not sugar-free, think, I imagine. Do you think that I bought it? I don't think so. No. The sugar-free Red Bull is not bad. Paco brought in a bag yesterday with some diet sodas for me and also mm-hmm. a candy bar to kill me. Yeah. yeah. And in, in the can, in the bag was also a Red Bull. Right. A lot of people want to kill you, you know. What? A lot of people want to kill you. He warned climate change could cause a drop in beer production within 30 years. About 30, man! Especially in parts of Australia as dry areas become worse and water shortages worsen. 
Barley growing parts of Western Australia, South Australia, Victoria, New South Wales would likely be harder hit than growing areas in New Zealand, South Island. Most areas in Australia where malting barley is cropped are likely to experience producers. Well, what do we care about the price of beer in Australia for crying out loud? You going to Australia? Mr. Reed said as well as climate change, barley growers were competing with other forms of land use. In the past two years, pressure on cropping land in New Zealand has increased with the expansion of the dairy industry, fueled by major international dairy commodity price increases. Gas is going up, beer is going up, and if you drink too much beer, you get a lot of gas. Oh, my God. Biggest names. I'm Doug Thompson, Bobby Press. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The Sports Leader. All the crap you can unwrap. All the slime all the time. Forty-five at five sixty. WQM. We got the jerk show coming up at two o'clock. We're going to have Chris's own segment every day, telling everybody how to uh, spend their time, how to live their lives. Okay. Now, it's just astonishing to me that you're you're so amazed that I get up and go when I have a better chance to win. Isn't that the idea? If you're going to, if you're going, to, I mean, yeah, if you want to lose, if you just want to go there and pee away your money, you can go twenty-four-seven anytime. They're always open. Mm-hmm. Even on Tishabov. As a matter of fact, the fishing is a good analogy because that's why people get up at 5 in the morning to go fishing because that's the better chance to catch a fish. There you go. You see, George is at least supportive of this. Not too many other things I do or anybody I associate with, but he's probably right. But as far as, uh, you know, sending me that book and everything, because he realizes it's my hobby, that's sure. all. And it's an expensive hobby, but I enjoy it. And you can afford it. I don't go there expecting to win, and if I do win, like uh, yesterday, to me it's a machaya, baby. All of a sudden, here's a thousand on a wheel. I win eight hundred bucks. I run out the door. That's the one thing I learned. You get ahead, you know, uh, at least enough to make it worth your while, and you run out the door. You don't sit there and give it back. There's right. this one schmuck. I think I mentioned this on the air a couple weeks ago. Comes by and says, "Oh, how are you doing?" This real, real putz. I said, "Okay." He says, "Oh, I was at three thousand. I gave it all back." Now, let me ask you this question, and I, I told you I've done that back in the early days. Am I supposed to be sympathetic to this idiot? No. Jonathan in Plantation, who obviously uh, needs some serious, uh, I think this is Jonathan, wherever he is. I think it's a good suggestion. Can we add to the pool Neil's boyfriend for a day? Thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good suggestion. Huh? That's okay, kind of like being boyfriend. rich, but better. Yeah, likely story. Here's another one for, the, for that other pool. Poll response for tomorrow. How do they know what tomorrow's poll is going to be? They're psychic. What movie scene was the most disturbing? Scene from American History X when Norton, Ed Norton makes the guy put his teeth on the sidewalk and kicks the back of his head. That was disturbing. That yes, is right. Yes. I remember that it's called very, very vividly. Curbing, Curb speaking stopping, of disturbing. Yeah. Oh, and it says, how was Morton's? I ate at the original location in Chicago and loved it. I don't know, because they made reservations at Ruth Chris instead. And it was sensational, as always, but I haven't got to Morton's yet. 
I will, one of these days. Someday, when you least expect it. Neil's boyfriend for a day, I see. Mm-hmm. Better than being rich. <laughs> now, I wonder if uh, Steve Strait is going to vote on that. Oh, my God. You know, you know something? i got to be honest with you. All right. I don't think I could handle it. I just... Ah, yeah, I you just, could. You know what I mean? That expression no, you could. to handle? Just have a drink. I mean, he is just... At least in that movie. Now, in some of those pictures, like I said online, are grotesque, and people would look at that and say, Boy, the old man's taste is sure slipping. What, what does he like about that? This guy is schmutzig. You know what schmutzig? Sure. It's kind of like milkig and fleshig. <laughs> That's the third dish. Yeah. It's the third ick. Democratic presidential contender Swillery, speaking of ick, will win several state nominating contests in the coming months, but has little chance of becoming the party's candidate for the November election traders are betting on yesterday. That's what they're betting on, speaking of going to the uh, casino. Traders in the Dublin-based in-trade prediction market gave Democratic frontrunner Barack Obama an 86% chance of being the Democratic nominee versus a 12.8% chance for Swillery. Results were similar on the Iowa electronic markets at the University of Iowa, with traders giving Obama 83% chance of winning against a 12.8% chance for Swillery. Inside traders were betting the Democratic nominee would ultimately become president. They gave the Democrat a 59.1% chance of winning versus a 48.8% chance for the Republican, for insane McCain. Iowa traders gave the Democrats 57.1% chance of winning versus 46.3% for the Republican. Prediction exchanges let traders buy and sell contracts on the likelihood of future events. Like which leaf is going to fall from the tree and hit the ground first? Contracts are structured so the prices can be read as a percent likelihood of an event occurring. Studies of prediction markets have shown they have an accuracy comparable to that of public opinion polls. What did I tell you? I hate gambling, man. Don't gamble. Chris, who, of course, doesn't make enough money to you know, even play the, the penny slots, he's the expert. Never said I was an expert. Then why are you giving me advice? I didn't give you any advice. Why, I why, said, why are you critiquing my life? It struck me as huh? funny that you were getting up at 5.30 in the morning to go there. That's yeah. all I said. Well, it's on the weekend. When I come home, I can take a nap a couple hours. My time is my own. I got to, you know. Exactly. Maybe I enjoy it. Then that's awesome. I have Maybe people... I'm not one of those people, that, like, even on the weekend, I don't, or when I have days off, I don't sleep till noon. He thinks you're a degenerate. Only a degenerate would wake up so early no, to it, feed their yeah, vices. It just right. struck me as funny. I mean, I know I have people around me who sleep till noon, 1, 1.30, you know, because they're out all night uh, right, partying. partying. It's great life. life is an ongoing mm -hmm. party, and you sleep all day. That's right. I mean, when... that's not me. Hey, at least sure. you're not uh, going, coming straight to work. And you, and you don't understand why somebody would want to have that lifestyle for a day? What lifestyle is that? Where you get to party all night and see all of the pay for it? the bills? For a day, yeah. For a lifetime, uh-uh. Why not? Expectations that Obama would be the Democratic presidential nominee have strengthened from 75% a month ago, and now it's up to 80, what is it? 86 points, uh, whatever. During that time, Obama would be the first black U.S. president. Whether they political, yeah, we know, but a beep, but a boop, but about there's a strong view of Obama's ultimate success, it comes despite expectations that Swillery would win several important state nominating contests in the coming months. Insider traders were betting Clinton would win the contest in Pennsylvania, giving her a 66.1% chance in Pennsylvania versus 32.8% for Obama. They gave her a 79% chance of winning West Virginia versus 20.5% for Obama, and a 70% chance of winning in Kentucky versus 35 percent for Obama. Traders were betting Obama to win Indiana May 6th, 
They gave him a 58% chance versus 45 for Swillery. Uh, traders gave him an 88% chance of winning Oregon versus 12% for her and 82.5% chance of winning the June 3rd Montana contest versus 17.5% for Swillery. They don't mention North Carolina, which he's gonna, he is gonna mop the floor with her ass in North Carolina. And when he gets done, the floor is gonna be a mess. You. You know what I mean? I do. It's a big ass. So speaking of gambling, even though Chris is against it for religious reasons. I love gambling. George will be at Gulfstream on Friday from 10 to 2. We'll be uh, doing that whole thing. No, I'll be gambling. He'll be gambling. Chris will be disapproving on this end. Oh, gee, he's gambling and losing his money, and he can't afford to, yeah, you know. And not, that's right. I can't afford he's it. I'm going to do it anyway. Uh -huh. I, I see. It's, you're right, George. He never does listen, does he? No, it doesn't matter. Exactly. Don't try to suck up to George now and get him on your side, okay? I heard exactly what you said. Okay. You find it astonishing. Do you realize it's 63 degrees? In that's, Hogtown? That's really warm. It's partly sunny. It's 17. That's 63 degrees. Tomorrow's going to be sunny and 54. Then Friday, it's going to be 40. You know how spring is up north? One day is a little more like summer. One day is a little more like winter. And then 12 on Saturday, when it's going to rain, I can get up early in the morning at 5.30 and drive at 6 o'clock to Woodbine and win about two grand just to piss off Chris. Oh, you're not going to win. You're going to lose. You'll see. You get up early so you can lose your money. Sleep till midnight. Sleep till noon. Not all of us are big and fat and lazy. Well, like I said. Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. It's Dave. In Miami town. Oh! At 560 WQAM. Some of them are brown, and some are gray.
football. Sports Radio 560 WQAM. Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Let's have a drink. Let's just go get drunk. <laughs>